eventually. That was not my fault, folks. Friday night and we're in fucking Queens. Eventually. It's Friday night and I'm in fucking Queens. I'm sick of uh, the intro. I gotta tell you. I'm just gonna play a song. I'm gonna figure out what I wanna do with my life. I'm gonna, I'm gonna play a song until I. This is our new, Thank our you. new open. I'm listening to Live from the Roger on Radio Nope. Uh, we are back on the air. Thank you. So some tweaking from the uh, internet people. Thank you. We'll be back. Just a minute. Well, like, I think his song's like 20 minutes long. So. Oh, that needs a respite. Oh, my God. That was, that was sweating tell. here. I can Thank tell you. you. Yeah. Can't turn down the whole show. Take me the to the station. And put what a show. On a train. I've got no expectations to pass.
Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Yeah. Allison Steele, the Nightbird. The Nightbird. <laughs> Here on uh, WNEW. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that shit. Allison Steele, the Nightbird. Hi, it's Allison Steele, the Nightbird. The Nightbird. With some Fleetwood Mac. Exactly. I was just about to say, like, the entire overnight shift is just, like, mellow Fleetwood Mac the entire time. And the Moody Blues. The Nightbird. Imagine Nightwing, Nightbird, and uh, here is... Uh, Dan Hicks and his hot licks. And By the way, thunder happens when it's raining all the fucking time. What's she talking about? Live from the broadcast. What's the lyric? <laughs> I thought it's thunder always happens when it's raining. Oh, oh, really? Unless it's thunder snow. It's o- it's I thought only, it was thunder only happens only when happens. it's raining. Yeah. Either way, she's wrong. Believe Fair me, enough. I hate fucking Fleetwood Mac. If you can't anybody speak knows, in absolutes me. about weather. <laughs> Ridiculous. <laughs> the fuck she knows? Is she a meteorologist? Yeah, you know, she knows nothing because I hear thunder all the time and when it's not raining. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I'm sorry for her heartbreak and her, all that. It's usually fireworks down by Bound Park. A ridiculous statement. Mm-hmm. Anyway, live from the broadcast here on Radio Nope. We're back. We're on the air. Thank you, uh, Radio Nope people, for fixing that. That was not my fault. Let's get that clear. Let's yes. make that totally clear that I did not screw up the show. Totally <laughs> not you. I can do it. I can do a radio show. Sometimes we can. Yeah, six minutes later. Mm-hmm. So thank you, everyone. Thank you for helping me because I, I do need help. and uh, Everyone needs a little helping hand. Don't they, Ryan and Pat? That yeah. is correct. <laughs> What's going on, fellas? Life is grand. Mm. By the way, a little later in the show, we have Kevin Haskins. Do you know who that guy is? Yes. Yeah. I'll tell you, he's the real guy. He's no, the dr- he's no joke. He's the drummer of Bauhaus. Pop Tone, Loving Rockets. Tones on Crail. Are you kidding me? This guy, he, he every band he's been in has, had, has a hit. Mm-hmm. At least one. It's crazy. We'll be talking to him, so we thank him for calling in. He's got a new album, new Pop Tone album, which you can get at uh, poptonetheband.com or poptone.bandcamp.com slash releases. And these are the things. We'll, we'll be talking to him at 9 p.m. Eastern Time. And at 10.30 p.m. Eastern Time, we'll be talking to Phil Shane, being sports broadcaster, soccer guy. He's an American, which is odd. I'm looking forward to learning something about soccer. Yeah, there we go. Or as they say abroad, <laughs> football. I was like, wow, we almost had two British guys on at the same time. I'm like, the soccer guy's got to be British. And no, no, he's from Florida. It's a big hockey <laughs> Little Britain, they call big, it. Miami. It's a big soccer state. <laughs> One of the first colonized uh, places was Miami, Florida. Mm. So, Little Britain. And we'll be talking to him. I got. I think I'm prepared for both of these interviews. I don't give a shit. Take sound, it away, man. Sound good now. Excuse my language, but mm. uh, I don't care. You're ready to go. I'm ready to go. I'm mm. ready to interview both of these guys. Uh, you know, I don't know what I'm going to talk about for the next hour. Mm. But, but I have just I have 45 minutes. I have something to mention. <laughs> yeah, but until then, I'm mm-hmm. ready. Just keep this talking one, about what you're going to talk about. And thank you, Trevoy, and his tremendous show. Ha-cha-cha-cha. And uh, don't forget to stick around for a music on with music off uh, right after the show. Thank you. Thank you. John, you know what uh, this week is the 20th anniversary of? What's that? It's a movie. Oh, oh let me think. I got to think what year it is You know, now. 20th is like now it's like, you know, it's like Die Hard or something. Like you're not even. Die Hard's probably 23 years old. Like it's great. 20th anniversary. I have a guess. 
Can I throw it Lost out there? Lost Angels, starring Ad-Rock? Beer League. No. Mm. Mm, that was mm. a good guess, though. That was like a decade off. But Yeah, 20 years now is nothing. Is like, you look at stuff, you feel so old. You're like, man, 20 years ago was like, you know. Do you want to do you want a clue? Yeah. You are <laughs> really good at revenge. Oh, dirty work. <laughs> the, the fantastic... Cinematic masterpiece, in my opinion. Artie Lang and uh, Norm MacDonald. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when is lunch? Great movie. But right, terrible right, soundtrack. Right. Calm down, prostitutes. You know, they didn't <laughs> go settle down, prostitutes. Settle, settle down. Settle down, prostitutes. And you know, it's the disrespect. That's what hurts the most. Well, the other thing, that hurts the most, but the, 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 the lack of thing. respect. Uh, great movie and an awful soundtrack. Like, they'll do these hilarious bits, and, and then all of a sudden, it's like the spin doctors will play, or like, uh, you know, some kind of like, I no. want something else. The, uh, the trailer. Flip, flip, flop. Flipping on flip, flop. The trailer flip, has, flip, uh, flop, has Mighty flop. Mighty Boss tones. Oh. 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 I was going to guess that, too. Yeah, that's classic the, trailer. Yeah, the, Ameri- <laughs> the America's Funniest Home Videos theme song. What about Chumba Wumba? <laughs> <laughs> Chumba Wumba's like, we're trying to overthrow the government. Yeah. Stop making They're us back in pog form. <laughs> <laughs> I like the new Han Solo movie. Chumba Wumba was great in that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Do you see this whole thing where they keep shoehorning Beastie Boys references into the Star Wars universe? Uh, no. There's a whole thing where apparently the writers are big Beastie Boys fans and they keep shoehorning stuff in there. No. <laughs> I haven't heard about this at all. Mm-hmm. Like one of the guys is named Slow and Low. Oh what? no, I did hear about that. Yeah, that. yeah, the uh, the the Star Wars writers are like cute. Mm. They stick little right. Beastie Boys references. Little clever, in there. Mm. Little clever antics. <laughs> busy. Maybe someday I can meet Ad Rock. Ad Rock would be a great Han Solo. Forget that Chew Chew, whatever that guy. Is. What's his name? Bill or something? Get out of here. Bill. Yeah. Bill and Chumbawamba, the movie. <laughs> I watched Lando Calrissian in the movie all day. I like mm-hmm. that guy. Those other guys. He's yeah. like, you know, and, and if I watch that movie, I swear to God, if I watch Solo, a Star Wars story or whatever the hell it is, and Chewbacca looks weird, I'm going to flip out. Oh, like, you know how sometimes, like, like, no, like I didn't see it. Backdated Chewbacca? Yeah. Apparently it's bombing. I don't Feist, care. I, I Feisty to... Gambino's in it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Childish Gambino. <laughs> Donald Glover. <laughs> Oh, you just picked an adjective. <laughs> rap- I marioed that one. Rap name generator Ryan Collins here on the air with us. The, I um, saw it, but you know how, like, you know, if the, like the costume is weird, you're like, what? Mm. Like, why? Like, you know, I don't know. Why don't you just get the first? Because yeah. I know, I know the thinking. They get the first Yoda puppet. And they're like, let's use mm. the original Yoda, and they look at it in the dailies and like. Wow, he looks like crap because it's 1978. <laughs> we got to change it, and then he looks even weirder. Well, he was, well, he was younger then, so uh, I don't yeah. know. Maybe he had a whole lot of dongles on his phone. I, I just don't want to see weird, <laughs> weird Chewbacca. Maybe he wore, I saw them he wore more at, jewelry at that stage in his life. Pitchfork Festival. I saw weird Chewbacca <laughs> and Wolf Solo. He found a nice cross that he found out on Bleak or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he Chewbacca. wore that for a good two years. Chewbacca's got sneakers on. So I'm out. I'm out. <laughs> Chewbacca's just like big white sneakers pain. like a Hesher, exactly. like a Meg- Megadeth fan. <laughs> <laughs> Cut off shirt. Tommy kind of looks like Chewbacca. Shown his belly. I, not only did I skip practice this week by accident, I totally screwed up and didn't show up to rehearsal. But uh, the rehearsal before that, I, I, I pretty much spent my entire uh, time on base trying to learn P 
he sells, but who's buying? <laughs> and Pat teaching me the right way to play. <laughs> it's like the, it's there's double notes in there. It's less complicated than you think, and it screws you up. Mm-hmm. It's a whole thing. <laughs> it's live from the garage here on Radio Nub. You missed the world's toughest uh, two-man Zeppelin cover band when you missed rehearsal. <laughs> I thought that was Paige playing. That's awesome. <laughs> there was a solid 20 minutes of Zeppelin happening there. Did you run into Justin Foley from the Austerity program? I did indeed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So what's that guy? How's his drone album selling off I'll, the... I'll, I'll tell you what. He didn't hear any Zeppelin. That's did they for give, sure. Did they give those out for free at the, at the solo premiere? The top mm. of the chart with a bullet. Mm. <laughs> guys are mean. He doesn't listen. That's why I'm making fun of him. Mm. He comes on the show. And then he never listens well, he has to one it. of my guitars now. I get no patience for people who come on and don't listen. If you don't listen, guess what? You're getting your balls broken, and you're never going to hear it. <laughs> and that's it. And that's it. And you're never going to hear it. Thank you. The other oh. Justin Foley listens. Who's that? We know another Justin Foley. And, and yeah. that's his real name? Yes, it is. And he works in the Foley department? That's Janine's husband. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. He listens to <laughs> Is he of the Foley Foley? <laughs> <laughs> the Fatty, Foley's in my car. The fabulous uh, I was born with a pair of shoes on my hand. <laughs> Gather pre- around, kids. Be, be prepared. <laughs> By my new drone phonograph, friend. Oh, I remember when we were kids growing up, splashing water. Banging on things, <laughs> using our hands Pots and pants. as Pots high heels to impersonate women. It's like a Brian Stack. <laughs> Clap your hands, pots By and pants. I'll tell you, it's not easy being part of the Foley family. I uh, squirt, hitting them with the hose. <laughs> Telling them their mama's here to see them. Hey, but it's just me again with the hose again. I remember the day we figured out the best way to slap was to take a whoopee cushion and hit a coffee table. <laughs> <laughs> you might get a great sound from that. The other great sound would be just like, you know, trying to find food. Mm. Which is tough to get on mic in the early days. When you had like one one chance to sing into that can, there was no Foley. If you were getting hit by a train, you better get hit by that shit. You're going against Foley altogether? If you I'm, see I'm the anti-Foley. Old... I think wow. everything should be recorded live. Mm. If you see the old footage, you see those guys used to wear a suit and tie to do their fucking Foley work all the time. Oh yeah, yeah. They wear suits. Yeah, everybody, well, back then everybody wore a suit every suit. day. Oh, back then, yeah. How you bad, wear a suit to get on an airplane, and go to how the, the, bad the did Giants game. Smell back then when everybody only had one fucking suit. I know. <laughs> and it's made of wool. Yeah, exactly. And it's Ninety-eight degrees yeah, at the Cubs it's like game. Orange. Yeah, exactly. That's not. It's not a problem with the photo processing, <laughs> yeah. like with that bleed on the white no. to the black that's edge. Fake. <laughs> that's, that's that's fucking. <laughs> that's sweat. Nineteen oh eight. Shirt. He's sweat. Think the Cubs have a chance the um this it's not an accident that they faced all those old-timey stadiums like away from the sun <laughs> like every stadium faces they all pretty face much east. generally the same way well they all face east do they yeah well the, so this way by the time the sun but now it's all night games but the old-timey ones when it was day games they probably built it uh, a little differently I don't the know. the pitcher throws from uh I, I don't know if they still do it uh as religiously but the pitcher always throws from uh, was it east to towards, west? Towards Mecca. East to west, because when he, and when he's a lefty, that is he's his on arm, a rug. His arm sweeps to the in the south, and that's where the name Southpaw comes from. Ah, ah. Yes. Oh, I thought Southpaw was because when you were a lefty and you were a boxer, your your hand. Oh, what does your, that have to do with your the dominant south? hand dropped down, to, or your or your less dominant hand yeah. dropped down towards the south? What I can't come in comes, here and make up facts. Comes from baseball. <laughs> Gather around, children. Dude, you are the king of making shit up. It's like, what the hell? It's so weird. 
You just made that up. It's all true. You, you just made that up, Brian. Absolutely it's, not. It's far more plausible than Tommy's news. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I can't wait for him to get in here because I, I saw- line Ryan's mouth. I'm at work, and my coworker showed me not one but two crocodile stories today, so I wonder if they're in the news. We'll see. And, uh, and those, one of them took place in Florida. All right, so you guys want to bet before uh, Tommy and, and Mario well, get here. let's talk about Anthony Bourdain. Yeah, I will talk about that one second, but we should all bet a dollar mm-hmm. that Tommy does at least one crocodile story, right? He's like typing up a story now, right now on the BQE yeah. for yeah exactly instead of driving. No, I don't think he's in a car yet. <laughs> he's that lazy. Maybe so then and then Mario <laughs> Mario who's definitely not listening. Um, we have him in an isolated booth at Savara's. <laughs> he he's gonna all right. So since we have this soccer guy Phil Shane on at ten thirty, yeah, there's no way right. And Brad brought this up to me before that he doesn't bring up that he's a soccer coach and go on right. There's, oh, course, there's yeah. like not a chance he doesn't bring that up. Oh yeah, right? yeah. So I'm gonna hit the bell and go. You yeah. win the bet. Uh, this Pat. is this is not worth wagering on. <laughs> it's not. It's not. So we this all is bet definitely going to that happen. these things are gonna happen and yeah. no one yeah that's yeah, it. Exactly, no one wants yeah. to take that action. Exactly. I'm giving there's ten, no odds. Giving ten to one. <laughs> there's no odds. Giving ten to six. <laughs> ten to six. Oh. <laughs> what am I supposed to do now? Oh, Anthony Bourdain. Yeah. <laughs> well, he died. Well, you know. Uh, Okay. I have a lot to say. Go ahead, Pat. Considering this week, I think if this isn't proof that uh, yeah, money doesn't, doesn't buy you happiness. Totally. I, you know, you can't, I saw a couple bad takes. I saw a lot of bad takes. Mm. And if you remember, I went on to rant about how you can't kill yourself if you have kids, like you're mm-hmm. not selfish and all that stuff. And I've since recanted that mm-hmm. position, I think, for the most part, because you never go, you know what goes on in someone's head. And I mean, if you're at that point, you know, things have gone so sideways that it's over. And it's like, you know, you can't reason with a person like you. You're mentally mm. ill. That's all I want to know. Ah. <laughs> no, I have a paper. I can't find it. That was an interesting recant. Yeah, I, I had a paper with like a... Well, while you look, something else I just made up is uh, <laughs> since 1998 or something like that, they're saying that suicide rate in the country has gone up by 25%. That's a lot. That's bullshit. That's a lot. That's you bullshit. think that's bullshit? I think that's total bullshit. I think people are only starting to fucking report it. It was a fucking source of shame for so it's long. Certainly, uh, has to be a fact. You know, I mean, like if you know somebody offs yeah. themselves, you know, local family, local, you know, police precinct, Cops whatever. Like, ah, you know, yeah, all right, uh, we died yeah, of a heart you know, attack. it's yeah. embarrassing. Yeah, right, yeah mm-hmm. right. don't want to bring shame to the family. They tried to do that with JFK. They're like, it's a heart attack. <laughs> and they're like, what with this? this, this it's a hole in his fucking head. Oh, it looks Jesus. <laughs> Sorry. John's working blue. He had, a, he had a heart attack when he got shot in the head. No, you know, I, I don't mind, like, funny uh, uh, Bourdain takes. I don't think, believe in the too soon thing, but it has to be funny. It's If it's not funny, you're a dick. You're just a dick. And, like... It's it is too soon. You know what? It's like it's, a, isn't it so funny that like like I saw the Kate Spade thing. I had to read it five times, mm-hmm. like to assemble it. Like what? What? Huh? Well, that's the thing. You always you know, it's it, it, and then and then couldn't put it together. And then when I saw Anthony Bourdain, Hotel Room France, I'm like, oh, autoerotic. Please don't be autoerotic asphyxiation. Yeah. <laughs> or sometimes you're like, please it's do. A guy. Because he had to be, you know, because then there's an answer, and I think everyone, like, the, even though it's sensationalized and and it seems like you know everyone's trying to vulture onto whatever story it is, I think it's more of a, a human human nature to try to understand how someone gets to that point and like how do I avoid mm-hmm. yeah. getting to. So you want to know all the information possible. You know, you want to you want to find out what the heck happened. Mm. And if it's something like you know, if it was something like that. It, oh, you'd have an easy answer. Oh, he was J.O. Mm-hmm. I got it. Yeah. 
But then if there's no answers and no note, no, you know, you don't know. I guess things will come out of how he did it or whatever. And even it's not, I don't think it's that, like, uh, you know, weird to want to know how it happened. Oh, yeah. No, I don't think that. I was, I was, I'm just more. No, no, I'm not I'm, arguing. I'm agreeing. I'm more, I'm more cracking up at the fact that when it was a, it was a female, it was a tragedy. It was a guy I was like jerking off. <laughs> just no, this. I don't think there's a female case of utter erotic asphyxiation. I mean, you know, show it to me. I read the medical journals consistently, and I have yet to see. He it. does do a ton of research. I do a lot of research, mm-hmm. but I see a lot of bad takes and people like, well, he had a million dollars. You know, what, like what does that have to do with anything? Mm-hmm. That's you know. You feel less empathy for somebody because they had a bunch of money. I no, mean, you have, no, you have I, more. You I, have more time to be introspective. I do in life because you have, have less empathy. But now when somebody kills themselves, like mm. what, what kind of weird like bet hedging is that? Where mm. you try to like make yourself look? I don't know, dude. He's one of those dudes. That? If if he continued to be a chef, like he'd live until like ninety five. He'd be like one of those guys in Alpha Donuts up on Queens Boulevard sleeping on the counter. <laughs> and you're like, is yeah. anybody working he here? Probably like, doesn't want to do. It. Mm, wake up. <laughs> <laughs> Wake up! We got a uh, meat to chop with our dirty hands. Yeah, but he's got bread, so he's got time to think. Yeah, uh, you know, I I think that um, you can even though it's do I think it's gross that people rush out to say someone died? I do, and that's why I just posted a number, and then people get mad at me because oh, the like the suicide online number doesn't help. Well, maybe it didn't help one person or, or another person, but maybe someone sees it, and if it's you know if it's cliche, but if one person sees that and they call or look. Or they see it and don't call, but at least know that there's like another avenue, not necessarily that one, but it may may make you think that there's okay someone nine to times, listen to me. Nine then times what's out the, of what's ten, what's the harm of it? Nine times out of ten, you just need to talk somebody. Yeah, you know. Yeah. I, I mean, don't really see. Imagine the harm. calling that number and on yeah. the other end you got Mario. <laughs> hey, I'm here to help. Ah! <laughs> I'd kill myself. I want to kill myself after two <laughs> seconds of Mario already. <laughs> oh my God, Ryan, the Mario game. I gave him two chances, and I'm I'm really surprised. I'm still walking around after that. Wow! Listen, I had the uh, you, you tipped me off to that last. I had week. the listen. I, I the only reason I'm still here is because I don't have a doorknob. <laughs> nanu, nanu. Thank you, everyone. Um, uh, I'm you know, it's fucked up. You can't presume to know what someone's uh, mind is, and if you're gonna make uh, jokes like I do, at least you know, far be it from me for me. To judge anyone for making a joke about a, the deceased as soon as it happens, because I mean, you know, I don't, th- I don't think that's off limits whatsoever. I just think the joke has to be funny, and if it, I guess, like, you know, I don't know, maybe if that, <laughs> maybe most people don't think it's funny. Right? <laughs> I, oh, I think I have to think it's funny. That's what it is. <laughs> yeah, that's like, I'm, your, the, I'm the yeah, judge, Jerry, yeah, next year. You really are a harsh critic. Yeah, too. I'm thinking <laughs> if I don't think it's funny, you're wrong. <laughs> That's my. That's where I'm coming from. Yeah, exactly. I've I've studied all the books. I've read all the medical examiners. (laughs) I've done the math. Uh, Stayed after school. And if I say it's funny, it's funny. One one makes two. It's our friend Mark Anthony. So I don't know. I had a bunch to say, but I don't really. uh, I guess I just covered it anyways. It sucks. I like that guy. I like him because, you know, he's he's a fucking prick. And, and not like a prick like in the unapproachable Lou, Lou Reed way, but like an approachable prick. He's like Lou Reed, the chef, but he's not he's not a dick to regular people on the street. <laughs> like, you know, Lou Reed would be. <laughs> we were t- I was talking about Lou Reed the other day. So Dan says to me, do you know Pond played at uh, what was the, the governor's ball? 
the I'm band like, Pond. I'm like, the Pond, sub, sub the, the 90s sub-pop band? Yeah. He's like, yeah. He's like, they played at like 4 o'clock in the afternoon. I'm like, are you sure it wasn't like a kid with a laptop who named himself Pond <laughs> and like Pond? didn't do a cursory Google search? <laughs> Little Pond. He's, like, He's no. got face tattoos. No, it was actually Pond. So it reminded me, I was like, the last time I saw Pond. That was Post Marone. The last time I saw Pond was at the Mercury Lounge. Mm. Right, and uh, it was like a Tuesday night, and you know, I mean, it was like they were going on at like Tommy, 11 be 30. careful getting back there. I threw a bunch of shit back there. Sorry, uh-huh. night band. So, there's um, it's like a Tuesday night, and it's like 11 30 in the evening, so it's already a bit of a commitment for us, uh, yeah, know, school being, night being working guys. And then, uh, next thing, Lou Reed comes walking in, right. With Dave Stewart of the Eurythmics. Wow. And a whole cadre of fucking kidding. zero hanger-ons. <laughs> and they go to go to the basement, right? right? But, you know, like the way the room is set up, you walk in through the bar on the left, and then that's the performance area, and the stairs to the basement are on the right, and the mixing booth is in the center. You could just cut right through. He walks right up through the entire crowd, does a big U-turn through the entire crowd, and then goes down to the to the basement like, I have arrived. Yeah. Then he's a dick, but not like a fun way. Yeah. So so now this is going Tommy's on and on. It's like forty minutes. Can't get in there. <laughs> Jesus Christ, Tommy. So it's like forty minutes, and now we're like, what the fuck? Is Pond gonna fucking play? Like Lou Reed is here, big whoop. The next thing, Lou Reed comes marching out with Dave Stewart. They pick up all Pond's equipment and start playing. Oh wow. Right. Jesus God, yeah, this is exactly. a really bizarre and show. Greg, yeah. And Greg and I are booing. <laughs> like, fuck off, go away. So it turns out it's Lou's birthday, so he decided to congratulate himself by showing up at a club and taking it over. Yeah. No, we want to hear the song that sounds kind of like Summer Babe by Pond. So anyway, it was a fucking horror show after about an hour of this nonsense. And now here's the fucking thing that really pissed me off. He goes, I'd like to thank the local band for letting us use their Oh, he doesn't even say the name. Yeah, no, not the the name or not even where they're from. Yeah. I'd like to thank the local band for fucking cow town. I would think that would be the minimum. Yeah, sorry, Tommy, you fell. It's your own fault because you put the fun tack on the... On the uh, Russian nesting dolls. Fun tack on the Russian nesting dolls is my favorite uh, <laughs> Ramones flip side. <laughs> that's that's an odd odd story. I, I only saw Lou Reed once, and it was um he he t- came to Tramps and took over the Sebado show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's what that's that was his mo evidently. <laughs> he went up Dan there. Said, Dan said he's the Colin Quinn of music. Yeah, yeah, he just shows up at the shows up at the club yeah, and bumps you out, out of your set right now. Fuck off. <laughs> Is that how he ended up on the Metallica album? <laughs> Tommy Rockstar's here. What's going on, Tommy? Uh oh, Tommy's angry. He's got at least one crocodile story. Everyone owes me a doll, motherfucker. <laughs> That's and not even. Well, that's not even the one I have. There's two. You said this. This is the other one. I got two. Yeah. And I bet he was listening, so I get a dollar too. We'll talk about that. I think we'll do the news at ten o'clock, Tommy, if that's okay. And then because the other guest calling in at ten thirty, yeah, Phil I was, Shane. I was going to text you. And I was like, should I even do the news? Because we no, have yes, time. Yes, yes, yes. We'll, we'll do it earlier. Yeah, yeah. We'll, yeah, we'll cool. take a break uh, after our first guest, Kevin. Excuse me, <clears throat> Haskins. And then um, we'll take a short break, and then we'll do the news, and then cool. we'll have uh, Phil Shane. Great. You think we'll get a game in there? World Cup announcer, Phil Shade. I think he's announced. He better be announcing the World Cup. I'll hang up on him. Throw him right at him. <laughs> What's that? You think we'll get a game in there? Ryan game? 
Oh, I thought you meant a game oh, of soccer. Like, Mario's <laughs> going to uh, do the game tonight. Yeah. Oh, really? I do. A, yeah, I do a pickup game over at the, you know, Flesh <laughs> Yeah, we'll Meadow. get the Ryan game in after that, I think. Yes. So we'll we get it all in. Speaking of Ryan, it's nice to see you, buddy. Yeah, man. Hey. It's a long time. Yeah. Good to see yeah, you. Yeah. It's good to he see actually you, has been back once because he, I, I begged him to come he back. He left something behind. Right. right. <laughs> it was only going to be like me and like, the, you know. I think Tommy the, was the here. The bobblehead that. dolls that your girlfriend made or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what do you call those things? Uh, Russian nesting dolls. That's right. Go to uh, Matryushka's. No. Matryushka. Matryushka. Privyet. Bizdiet. Um Spicy bow is thank you. And then uh, Dosvadania is goodbye. That's, That's all good. I know. That's right. That's so Dosvadania, everybody. Mm. Privyet. Go F yourself. And we'll see you next week. Thank you. <laughs> It's good to see you guys. What's going on? See you too. What's going on? You you look good actually. For, did you know that um, you're? Uh, <laughs> <What>? <laughs> do you ever think about you flying around the world and the carbon footprint uh, you make on the Earth? Yeah, a with lot. your constant um, <laughs> airplane exhaust. No, I haven't flown <laughs> in, a little, in, that, in a little bit. But uh, yeah, dude, it's awful. It's, I fly way too much. No, I'm just I making it. sure. You drive a car. You fly all over. You should see my car right now. And then you, and then you, and then you, and then you scream about the environment. It's as you're tossing Arby's out the window of the plane. (laughs) (laughs) Am I allowed to open this? T-shirt prints are going to be like hieroglyphics. (laughs) (laughs) Generations to come. My car's in your driveway. And it can light. My car's in your, your, dri- my dr- your driveway with like 500 pounds of like concrete and lumber oh, on it right yeah, now. Well, you, you, that's when your back end is swinging around. That's yeah. that, man. You drive slow. Violent because sway. it's hard to stop when you have 800 pounds of concrete. Dude, it's hard to drive with 800 pounds of that it's shit. It's hard for you know. to drive, you know, in general. <laughs> you, you He's got crash. the phone. You tr- All that shit's going to come forward. <laughs> you try posting 30 Facebook uh, <laughs> updates today. I'm driving. This is Tommy's deal, right? So he goes to the country. And he, he, he's off Facebook, and he's like, I feel good. I'm for off like Facebook. For like a week. Feels great. I'm off for like a whole week. Then he comes the back. the very second he gets a signal on the, on the, on the throughway. And something <laughs> snaps in his brain. He's like, I, I have to post everything I see. No, no, Everybody no. needs an update. What is, I, I went upstate. Like, and they're like, they're week old news, so it's like, you know, President Taft. <laughs> 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 Dewey defeats Truman and shit, and people are like, what are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> like, fuck, he's like, I can't fuck, he's like, fuck this. And you're really, Can you believe yeah. the Golden Knights are in the finals? <laughs> the caption says, fuck this, and it's like a sad face, and it's the Titanic sinking. We're like, we know. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> no, I went up on. Seven weeks ago. Nobody's been waiting for your pun to try. I can't believe the Dodgers <laughs> moved to LA. This is <laughs> no, dude, I went up on Saturday. And They'll always be the Brooklyn Dodgers to me. <laughs> and didn't come back till Wednesday. So I was up there for five straight That's days. That's when my grandfather stopped watching I baseball. Mm. When they switched from the cotton uniforms. Yeah. That's when he became a that soccer was when, fan. You know, cool. they weren't really playing. Like, you're not even sweating in them new yeah. things. <laughs> Asbestos uniform. <laughs> I don't know what they're wearing, but it's, it's got holes in it. No, I, I was up like there it. for five I straight like days. I like being Babe Ruth in a heavy yeah. cotton uniform. Hey, you want to be on a baseball team? Sure, buddy. <laughs> what do you got? Some? Do you have some fireproof pajamas? I'm wearing them now. You're on the team. You're playing second short. Go cough yourself a bag. <laughs> you're playing short center. You're dressed in pure ski- sheepskin now. <laughs> it's wool. <laughs> Here's a nickel. <laughs> no, I went up there. I hit 400 home runs. Here's another nickel, I guess. Here's, Here's a, a nickel. Here's Go a, see 27 movies. Here's a cow's asshole. Go. <laughs> s- Here's a cow's asshole. Go put it on your hand and stand out in the outfield. <laughs> Here's a nickel. Go see a movie. Take your girl out. Get a couple of milkshakes. Yeah, in a cab. <laughs> Tell Roosevelt I said hello. 
He's a nickel. 23 skidoo. He's a nickel. Go see 27 movies. <laughs> You'll never leave. <laughs> now the old seats, they used to fold out. He's a nickel. Buy yourself one of, one of them horseless carriages. Everyone, you'll be the envy of the neighborhood. <laughs> no, I went up there for like five straight days. You want to really, <laughs> you want to really impress a dame. Well, I started out. I the guy, this guy put yourself I, on one of those horseless carriage rides. I was selling newspapers, and newspapers back then cost like a fifty of of a nickel. And a guy gave me a nickel, and that's when I bought my first oil field. And uh, the rest is history. I went up there for like five straight days, and then came back on Wednesday. So it's like I left Saturday through Wednesday, and then I was back on, in my day. That was worth seven days. I, I wasn't. I wasn't even on Facebook till then. Until last night, I woke up in the middle of the night, like five in the morning, and I'm like, I've been off Facebook for a week, and it feels really good. So I'm like, ah, I can't go to sleep. Let me just flip through once because I got to check for the Illuminati and everything. And once you went, I, I knew what, I, this is what Tommy did last night. He woke up yep. or he came home late at night. What about two, three, two, three in the morning? Three in the morning yeah. Right. He, he posted like 20 things. He went to sleep for like two hours. Correct. I didn't sleep very much at all. <laughs> he woke up like six. Eight, yeah. Six, seven. This is the best. He's a one man Facebook brigade. He came home from upstate and he was like, ah, he posted every article ever. He went to sleep for the two hours that Bourdain died. And then he woke yeah. up like, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I, I could have been missed for this. Biggest story. Of the I could have been competent. I could have, I could have said stuff that everybody else has been saying. <laughs> That he was a great storyteller. What I was posting was more about ice and shit, like right, all yeah. that stuff. And that then, was, all right, so let me ask you this, and I don't want to bust your ball too no, much. Sure. But if you post thirty articles in an hour, you're not you don't I don't think the time to read all of them is there. Or, no. do, you, or do you post them and then you go, I'll read them later. A little of both. <laughs> a little of both. I skim, I read, and then I, I save for later. But right, yeah. truth be told is that I was like I like being off Facebook. Like, I don't need to see like the world going down the toilet. Uh, people don't need to hear what oh, I no, have to I say. Yeah. Like, I'm, well, who, who you gives don't a need shit? to be on Facebook for that. Yeah, and I'm just like, I've been on Instagram like solely. Like, I love it. It's great. It's my great. Days, my day's my day's been ruined by bumper stickers. Stephen right. Solly calling yeah, in. So. Elevator men go up and down. Right. <laughs> that one pissed right. you off today roofers, too. Goddamn roofers do it on top. Plumbers <laughs> <laughs> do it with shit. Wait a sec. Wait a minute. Whoa! Oh, oh, who printed these? I, my the union dues paid for this. Dude, I saw the word in the shit pipe. This isn't a good prank at all, Reggie. <laughs> <laughs> Reggie, where's the entendre? Flirtily waves from afar. I saw the word Gavone gra graffitied on the side of a tr box truck it's today. About time the revolution's Grievous. begun. No, but then I was like, "Fuck!" You know, like I'll just check it for the Illuminati, whatever. And then I see all check this like it. enraging news, and I'm like, "Fuck this all!" And I just yeah, shared it yeah. all fast. Enraging news <laughs> with Tommy Rockstar, the Judge Illuminati. <laughs> 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 and then, Look, nobody made me judge Judy an executioner. You want to get enraged? Enraging news with Tommy Rockstar. You mad, bro? Yeah. And then that's. But you're, you're going to be. Uh, then I saw the, the. Some guy named Tristan did something. <laughs> Tristan? Then I saw the Bourdain thing. He was mean thing. to a server. Then I saw the Bourdain thing and then I got a control. And then I felt that's bad. Do you think. Do you actually. Uh, let me ask you I this. I was pretty you, late to the game with that. Right. I know you feel like. Uh, and I get it that uh, there's a. a in, I guess in your mind, there's a social responsibility to post these atrocities that are right, happening right. in the world. And I agree with almost everything you say. Just awareness. Especially like, when you say, fuck you, fuck this. Yeah, exactly. Uh, sad right. face. Whatever. And you put but, a period after every word. Fuck, period, does this, it, period, <laughs> shit, period. Yeah. Does, it, does it make uh, 
like you feel better is it cathartic or is it just make you feel worse it's just afterwards desperation trying to reach out to my friends and like just you didn't read the articles i did read the articles not all you of them said you but skimmed them some i skim some i read long form and some i save for later so how can you well, dude, it's you, a, the headlines well, i'm always worried about yeah, if i don't read the article you, at the like, end some guy will be like and don't forget nazis are the best yeah, exactly. like the last line you yeah, shared exactly. it and you're like ah shit <laughs> Let's go through my Facebook feed right now. I remember when I was a kid in like first grade or something like that. I was Let's learning. Let's go through uh, my Facebook learning, feed. Learning paragraphs. Right. All right. I was in advanced English. Uh, but, but so there was, but there was this whole thing about George Washington crossing the Delaware River. Washington. And the point being, uh, things that are in paragraphs uh, that like should be relevant to the exact same thing in the paragraph. And it was like George Washington crossed the Delaware River. Um, things in and, parentheses, and, and this and that, and yeah, and, and then just and no, just in no? the middle of oh. it, it just said, "I had hot dogs for lunch." <laughs> I like turtles. I had hot dogs for lunch. <laughs> it just said right in the middle of it, and I'm like, <laughs> I'm like holding up the book. I'm like, does anybody see this meta comedy that's happening? In front yeah, of yeah. Right hot now? dogs for lunch again, Martha. Uh, I hope you're well. <laughs> Sisters falling ill. Don't your dad part <laughs> catch up on that? <laughs> I didn't think I get seasick on a. <laughs> it was the most implausible thing to happen. George Washington crossed the Delaware. George Washington, George Washington. I had hot dogs for Listen, lunch. Have you ever seen the Delaware? I could swim across it in like two minutes. Yeah, you walk across it. <laughs> I think we should cross in the here, winter, buddy. Let's cross at the widest point. Take a picture. <laughs> they had letter. time to paint the entire portrait while they were going across. Really, back slowly. in my day, the ice used to freeze so well we could take my Jeep Wagoneer across it. <laughs> <laughs> It's like freezing. They're in slow mo freezing. I wonder. I wonder where the Americans are. Oh, here they come on the river. We're watching all the time. We crossed it at Pond yeah. Eddy. Oh, wait a second. It's not just any soldier. It's the president or the general. He was a general back then, I believe. Thank you. <laughs> he never fucking rose. You'll never be anything more than a four-star general. <laughs> oh yeah. Watch this. Watch me stand up on the prow of this boat. I don't even want to be president. I'll do it. How about that? I will proudly have the same position as Donald Trump. Just to break your cherries. <laughs> My point is, John, that I felt bad, so I started deleting all the articles. Did you? Why? Yeah. Because I but made you feel bad? Just no. about posting too no. much? I tried to this keep morning. it light. Oh. <laughs> no, you were pretty light. <laughs> <laughs> me, me, me. <laughs> part, I know, Tommy's sensitive. You know, part I'm part of the reason is because the board... Does everyone know how those planes stay in the air? <laughs> <laughs> Look how heavy they are. I don't get it. Part of the reason is the Bourdain news because it's like, well, why am I posting about ice when fucking this is like a different lead story? So I kind of felt like out of touch, you know, like it was insensitive. uh, Whatever. Whatever. You think it's, (laughs) uh, you know, well, now, yeah, that's a whole nother can of worms. You know, like everybody's posting about Bourdain. And now you're curating your feed. Well, yeah. And then fucking Hugo said something about like he lost his algorithm and now his whole feed is just me. I'm glad he did it. Wow. <laughs> He's just block you like me. <laughs> I don't think he meant that to be mean. Yeah. I didn't know. He was just playing. What you should really do is one time, like, write a really long post about an article. Like, fucking write an essay on that shit instead of, like, fuck this. You know, it's funny. You know that friend of the show, already White? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I've, uh, he's uh, had really bad takes today, too. Yeah, well, then, <laughs> did you see his take? He he recently, he said, in the wake of the Bourdain death, a bunch of my friends are posting status updates. Yeah, I read, it, it, don't read it, because it's going to take you 20 minutes. I read it's it. Very it. Long, it's very long, national suicide yeah, prevention. Every, so oh, don't, don't worry, that. Tommy can skim. 
It's almost every paragraph is a bad take in that thing. Right, right, right. That's right. why I addressed it earlier, but not specifically man, I, to him. I really am out of touch. I don't like it with Facebook, man. I'm like behind the times. <laughs> you're never behind the times. <laughs> Do you ever think about uh, while you're building like a fireplace on the roof to put some <laughs> Wi-Fi up there? Oh, dude, thing. I just ordered that today. I'm getting Wi-Fi in like a week. Yeah? For the first time in the house ever in like 50 years, I'm getting Wi-Fi. I wish I had the dial-up sound effect right now. No. I wish I had the... Uh... I wish I had you as a friend on Facebook. I can see when you when you start getting active up the cabin. Yeah, well, follow me on Instagram, Rockstar States. <laughs> getting all active at the cabin. That's at Rockstar States on Instagram. Everyone follow Tommy's progress uh, on the house up there. It's yeah. it's actually fascinating. He's doing a great job. I didn't think you had it in. We put flowers in the boat thrown on our front lawn. <laughs> we did. That was a dumpster. That was a fucking moving coffin. Well, we can get rid of the boat or we can fill it with all this extra dirt we have. Dude, I'm fr- <laughs> I'm ain't, ain't dirt heavy? Nah. Why do get yourself some perennial? She'll float. I'm framing out a floor tomorrow, dude. I got to put like a whole what? framing out like a, the floor joists tomorrow for, uh, for the barn. Heavy lumber, heavy yeah. timber work. It's on the hood of the car right now. Why? You have to redo the floor? There's no, oh, it's Jesus a dirt floor. Christ, so, you yeah. bought a lemon, man. Uh, no, it's from the barn. There was no, it's oh. a dirt floor. Don't put the sleepers right in the dirt. The termites lead yeah, in two seconds. What's a sleeper? Well, they, don't lay don't lay the wood right on top no, of the I dirt. No, I bought uh, cinder block like uh, anchors to like support mm-hmm. them up in the middle. The middle and joist. then put a vapor barrier. What you yeah, want to do is put you got to put plastic and the moisture don't get three point five mil. Is that all right? Is this that sounds like. Is he talking the talk? <laughs> Three point five million. It's almost the same as like a garbage bag. Yeah, yeah, yeah I got fine. two of those. And this yeah. is they'll stop the. You know, check, it'll check this out. Ready, ready? Pressure treated wood. Oh, wow. oh, I even know what that is. You're outside, so you have mm. to put it. This yeah. is going to be one of those houses like you hear people talking about. Like, man, what was he thinking? Like, every time like, you, you open up a wall, you're like, what the? F- that's so. T- people haven't done it like that in a thousand years. Dude, that, that was me when I fucking ripped open the walls. The guy put like aluminum studs when I'm trying to hang, kitch- hang kitchen cabinets. You're like, like fucking um, asshole. You're like Daniel Day Lewis when he was yeah, in that movie, The Crucible. He are... went and built a 17th century house using only the tools yeah. tools available. Yeah, yeah. aluminum <laughs> studs are fire rated. Take that, De Niro. No, but not in that old house. All, everything else is wood. <laughs> fucking me up. How am I supposed one. to hang k- kitchen cabinets with like soup bowls in them and shit with aluminum studs? You Fuck that shit. Take everything. Oh. What do you mean? Aluminum studs are fine as long yeah. as you put enough screws in it. Who can? I did eventually. <laughs> that means you know. Listen, that cabinets means look like Swiss. You cheese. framed it out weak, and now you're scared to hang the cabinets on. Oh, you can, should put some wood. Uh, hey, you can put this wood, wedding ain't happening in this barn. So we got to take a break because <laughs> I'm calling OSHA now. Those, those studs are built to fit pieces of wood in between them, and you right. should you could stick those in there to frame out if you want to put some extra. No, uh, but they were in between behind walls. The cabinet. I couldn't get in there. I had to like you yeah. drill into you know. Yeah. So what I suggest to you is. Uh, what I did in my kitchen, which was uh, get a job, hit it hard and pray to God. Yeah, that's what I did. Get a job and, and work for a contractor for twenty years. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, before exactly. I decided I'm, to do this, I'm nonsense. putting like that that twenty fifth plate in the thing. I'm like, yeah, oh, shit. yep. <laughs> anchor but screws, baby. Listen, anchor the, screws. Once you screw all the cabinets together to hold each other up, we got to take nah, a break. Fine, we'll be fine. back they're with fine. Kevin <clears throat> Haskins <clears throat> of Bauhaus, Pop Tone, Loving Rockets, and of course. Tones of tail. I'm just make sure I, I know all these things. Just make sure I get it right. Oh, I you. think you're doing very well, John. And uh, speaking of Pop Tone, here's a song off that uh, record, which nice. is available now. PopToneTheBand.com. We'll be back with Kevin right after this. Okay, sorry. All right.
Use a gun. All right, let's get heavy.
Oh, that's a hit. I can come back. Yeah. yeah I don't think we can talk about dirty work more. All <laughs> sorts of deep thoughts. That's a huge hit. That's a Billboard top three. I'm it's a great number right there. Probably went to number one in the UK. Everything goes to number one. That's a that's a uh, good hook, my oh, friends. Yeah. Thank you. Live from the broad here on Radio Nope. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for uh, sticking with us and coming back. And uh, just a moment. Hopefully, hopefully we'll have uh, Kevin Haskins calling in from Bauhaus. If he, hasn't, if he hasn't been listening until today. if he hasn't been listening, tones of ta- <laughs> tones on tail and pop town. His new project. With uh, Daniel Ash. Nice. So you got the original members there. Yeah. Uh, yeah, of those bands. And uh, they uh, they made a record of, uh, they redid a bunch of songs and they're touring. So if you go to see the show, I'm sure it's going to be a fun time. It's not going to be like, you know. Sounds like it's going to be nonstop hits. Nonstop hits is what I'm thinking. <laughs> back to back. It'll be one of those shows you go to and you're like, oh, they did this one too? Oh my God, that's right. Oh, I forgot that I they know had this one. 7 million good mm. songs. This is a number one. Yep. <laughs> exactly. My car. That's this is thinking. a number one in my Volkswagen. Um, they are coming to our town, do you believe it or not? They're coming to such great cities. <laughs> yeah. I have the tour dates here, yeah, for Pop Tone. And I got to tell you. Uh, the the tour starts on June twentieth in Minneapolis, Minnesota, right? So you have these big cities: Minneapolis, mm. Chicago. These are all in a row, by the way. Detroit, Toronto, right? Big, sorry, Tom. Big big towns, right? Right. Yeah. And then you have a uh, Boston. That's another huge American city, right? It's a big city. It's a bit of a college town. And then they make a pit stop in Wanta. Uh, well, no, they're, they're going to uh, <laughs> Uncle Jimmy's or Mulcahy's. Mulcahy's yeah, yeah. Yeah. Plays the bloodbath. <laughs> oh, they're not playing. It's not Jones Beach. They're playing. I, I love them in like Boston, Chicago, Minneapolis, Toronto, Wanta. Yeah. Which Wanta for, for our friends who don't know where like uh, about Long Island. Wanta is like uh, you know on the south shore of Long Island. Well, after the tour, he can call back and experience. We could talk about our experiences, the misery that the four ninety five is. <laughs> Well, That's the next day, uh, my wife's going to that show. It's um, Mulcahy's is a place where you go see Slippery Warsaw. When Wet, the uh, Bon Jovi, bon Jovi trip. tribute band. The premier Bon Jovi cover band, right, by right. the way. And not, not those idiots from... Uh, uh, yeah, Wanted Dead or Alive. The you don't exactly. see those guys. No, yeah, those I, guys from Levittown suck. Who you definitely don't want to see is... Who <laughs> are actually from Jersey. From Yapank. The, 18, <laughs> the 18-year-old uh, Bon Jovi cover band, Young Guns, is really <laughs> moving up in the world. So those oh, guys if you want to hear a horrible, horrible uh, mix... Listen to uh, the Blaze of Glory. Oh, yeah. Oh, so is that, it bad mix? Oh, my God. I came on in, the, in the, one of the bar. I was, I was eating lunch in some place, and it <laughs> came on, and I was like, oh, my God, this is just brutal. It's very buzzy. It sounds bizarre. <laughs> but the next night, they go to Warsaw. I'm sure the Mulcahy's thing will be sold out. You know why? And uh, Club is right. It's like uh, Long Island still has a, you know, a bunch of like goth. Kids who are our age. Well, they had LIR, man. Who would totally, uh, you know, it's not going to be like a bunch of Justin. I'm sure Love and Rockets was a shriek of the week. Totally. Yeah. And you know, there's not going to be like, a, you know, a bunch of guys with Jets jerseys in there like, oh, when's the Love and Rockets going on? Or oh, maybe. That could happen. Wait, they're going to think it's going to be mostly, mostly like uh, 
goths like in their forties and stuff like that, or yeah. like the new way. The Long Island had yeah. a big punk. They could bring them. Scene, yeah. They're playing Warsaw and Island Beach. Well, the Warsaw, Warsaw in then the, Brooklyn. Like in Brooklyn. Brooklyn. Yeah, yes, okay. the next. Uh, I believe it's the very next. No, night. the Warsaw in Poland. <laughs> it is the very next. That's what he meant. That's what I thought. I was punning. Then they then they take a couple days off and they'll be in and they close out the tour in Silver Spring, Maryland. So it's a short tour, maybe ten shows or something like that. Well, it was a very ill-advised trip to Poland on that. It blew the whole budget. <laughs> right, just a stopover. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, that, that happened to us on tour. We were playing down the coast, and I told Joe Lathex that we would like do a tiny little show out of the way in New Orleans. Yeah, it always we, works out. And... We drove all the way out there, and uh... only for the club promoter to be like, what show? And he was so mad at me that he didn't speak to me for like a day. Oh, it's like I Tyson's like how, fighting tonight. You know, everyone's sleeping. Tommy's like, Joe, wake up. You know what we haven't done enough of? Driving. I know. <laughs> I think we should drive another six hours. Right. At least this was that. pre-cell phone days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. If it was, if book it was your own like, life, bro. Yeah. If the, if 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 he was driving right now, his band around the country right. with his fucking cell phone, we'd be talking about Joe like it was Cliff fucking Burton right now. Right, right. <laughs> but dude, it was amazing because I kept driving. Like the the next like as we left and because the promoter was like there's no show so I just drove through the night and I didn't say anything we didn't say anything to each other for like six hours and then finally I'm like I guess he's not so mad I could say something and I opened my mouth and I was like so shut the fuck up no even better I turn around and he took like a full large like squishy slushy and just threw it at me while I was driving and went Good. all over the dashboard uh, you want to wait to. You what a shame ending up in New Orleans with nothing to do. You know? yeah, I know. <laughs> God, I'd be so mad at you, too. Exactly. Well, we had more I dates. was in a band with uh, J- uh, Jay Levitt and Keith Stockman. You know that band. And uh, Endangered Feces. We were like a punk right. rock band. So we drive all the way up to like Buffalo. And and uh, I think I told the story already. But uh, Jay Levitt is like, we're in like New Jersey, just sitting in bumper-to-bumper traffic. We have like another nine hours to go. Right. And uh, we're playing at, like a kids' community center where like, oh, the kids are excited about punk rock. And Jay's like, we're turning around. We're turning around, we're turning around, we're like, no, let's go. We were like four hours late to the show. The place was closed. They opened it back up and we played it. Get it out of here. Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. And they paid you too? Yeah. <laughs> the best part about that trip was trying to distract Jay Levitz as we're sitting in traffic from the uh, <laughs> Arthur Treachers that we saw on the side of the road. Because the whole trip, he's like, I know there's an Arthur Treachers on the way and I'm, we're stopping, we're stopping. And we're like, what? And we've been sitting in traffic for so long, we're like trying to get his attention. What kind of hole is he trying to fill with Archer Treachers? I don't know. We're like trying to block his view of the Arthur Treachers. We totally got away with it, too. Hey, Jay, look at that uh, speed limit sign. Yeah, like an hour up, he's like, we passed the Arthur Treachers. I'm sorry. Wow. You hit it on the way back. I have to go to Arthur Treachers. That's where the one stepdad I liked used to take me. (laughs) (laughs) Those fish sticks really bring me back to my <laughs> broken family. <laughs> I don't know whose mother's marital status. God, God damn it, John Hulan. I know we passed on Arthur Treacher. Mm. He's all pissed off. He was over here, but... No, but it's just that something's bizarre to get excited about. There used to be one around the block here. We're talking That's about right, we're talking about us. Before that, it was McMichael's mm. Seafood. J- Jay Levitz has a son, and his name is Max Power. I'm not even shitting you. That's the kid's name. His name right. is Maximilian Power. And uh, the kid's like, I don't know, four or something. He's like running all around here a couple of weeks ago. He's like eating the leaves on the, what? On the plants. The kids what? eating leaves? Well, Colette got him into it because she was like, try some basil. Colette eats leaves? Basil, because she does eat leaves. Mm. Um, we have like, I have a little herb garden back there, by the way. Oh. Don't fucking piss back in my herb garden. Don't. Come here, no. So. Don't piss Stop, go. in the fucking earth. I got I, t- I told you, kids. Right. I got carrots and shit back there. I don't even read the directions. I just throw the seeds on. I stomp on them. And they, they grow anyway. Stomp on. I got <laughs> You poor beer on it. Yeah. Just don't piss Magic in Magic ingredient. Just don't piss in my backyard because I, I eat that shit. 
I eat it with a spoon. Dude, I try to grow grass on the kids are eating basil, basil, but then he's like just coming back with regular leaves from the. I'm like, don't eat those. I don't know what that is. <laughs> you ever like eat poison ivy? That's like a Oof. recipe for a. You know, it's a death sentence for yeah, God's sake. Bad news. Bad news. It's like when people also, if you're ever camping and you uh, throw a bunch of. Don't just throw a bunch of branches in there. You might be throwing some poison ivy in there, friend. And I'll tell you what, you're wiping your ass with it. I love that. You breathe that smoke in, your lungs are fried. You're done. You got poison ivy in your lungs. I wouldn't, like that wouldn't be the worst thing. Yeah. You and now we got to drive an hour to the hospital. In like 15 years, if Max Power Thank grows you. up, like and joins a band, do you think they're going to be blocking him from like looking at like an arboretum or a park in fall? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> like he's he's going to want to go to that park and eat those leaves. He's like six foot eight, two fifty. He's picking his teeth with a pine tree. <laughs> Everybody's getting up and blocking the windows. He's a Paul Bunyan. Yeah. What, what mm. happens when you eat poison ivy? Um. You get really sick, man. Dude, when poison ivy touches you, it's Worked bad. out for Batman. <laughs> don't eat that. <laughs> Leaves of three, don't eat me or something. Let them Leaves of four, eat some more or some shit. Right. It's delicious. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Clover. At night, it comes a creeping or something. <laughs> flipping, flipping. Ten fish. Uh, what you have to do is uh, drink a bottle of camel 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 lotion. Yeah, if you eat poison ivy, just you'll be down, scratching like a clown. You'll be scratching like a clown the minute you start to get down. <laughs> so, but you, you take a whole bottle of calamine lotion, just down it, yeah, and then you're exactly. fine. And you're fine. Gargle it. This has been a. Uh, <laughs> you're gonna need an ocean of that calamine <laughs> lotion, right? Which is a lot. The more you know. <laughs> It's a great line. Going to need an ocean of calamine love. Sounds correct. like faster pussycat lyrics. Hey, everybody. What rhymes with, o- with lotion? Oh, God. Ocean? Billy Ocean. That's good. That's good. That's good. Is it lo- when is lunch? <laughs> oh, here we go. <laughs> Hi, Kevin. Yes. How are you? This is this is he. I'm very good, thank you. Oh, thank How you so much. Uh, I'm well, thank you. This is John Julian from Live from the Barrage. I'm here with Tommy, Pat, and Ryan. Thank you so much for calling in. Really appreciate it. Sure, absolutely. It's very nice of you. Um, we're talking to... <clears throat> Excuse me, I have a frog in my throat. Kevin Haskins, of course, of uh, Bauhaus fame, Love and Rockets, Tones of Tail, and his new uh, project, Pop Tone, with Daniel Ash. How's it going, Kevin? Everything Okay. Uh, sorry, you're breaking up a bit there. Oh, is everything okay? Can you hear me? How how are you, man? That's my first question. Is everything all right? <laughs> yeah, everything's great. Yeah, yeah, everything's really good. Uh, just gearing up for this next tour we're doing, and today uh, our Pop Tone LP hit the streets, so that's exciting. Congrats! And you can go uh, to poptonetheband.com or poptone.bandcamp.com/slash/releases. <laughs> right? Is there a better? Is- you- is there you have a preference? No, no. I I mean whatever, you know, takes people's fancy. <laughs> Can you explain uh the Pop Tone project to everybody and it's uh you know how the how how the tour came about and what the album is uh what the album's all about. Okay, yeah. Um so Pop Tone is a retrospective project. Um uh, the band members are myself, uh, Daniel Ash, um, and both of us were in um, Bauhaus, Tones on Tail, and Love and Rockets. Yeah. 
and uh, my daughter Diva's playing bass, and uh, we're playing music from all those bands uh, live. Um, one of kind of one of the big uh, attractions for our audience were playing the Times on Tell music because uh, that that project was short lived and we didn't do many shows, so uh, people are eager to hear those songs. But um, also to hear all the songs, you know. And um, we started about a year ago, and we toured North America, and we're now revisiting North America again. And uh, we've added six new songs from our back catalogue. So people, you know, if they've been to the shows before, they they can hear some new material. Um, they can also buy our double LP on vinyl, white white limited vinyl and the cds at the merch booth and uh and it's a beautiful thing we we like we like a limited edition vinyl here on this show that's for sure that's that's always good do you put a cd in there or a download code or something both there's a yeah there's a download code but we're also selling a cd uh so people have a choice you know yeah what's it like playing in a band with your daughter did she think you were cool growing up or that. <laughs> I hope she did. Um, <laughs> I think she. I think she did, and I think she does. I hope. I she, think she's very cool. She came around. She's probably. <clears throat> um, I don't know. I think uh, you know. She used to pillage my vinyl collection. I used to go and put a record on, and it would be missing. And I'm like, where are all my records going? And <laughs> both of my daughters were secretly taking them down to their bedrooms. At least they're Not listening just, to your music. You I know? hope they were the good records. You're like, what the heck happened to my, uh, you know, Red Hot Chili Peppers? Well, it was all my, <laughs> yeah, all my best, you know, my favorite stuff. I'm like, you know, where, um, actually, my oldest daughter took us to see the Sex Pistols documentary when she was about 13. Mm. So this is going back about 15 plus years ago. And we left the theater and she was really excited. She said, Daddy, let's go and buy the album. I'm like, great, yeah. So we went and bought Never Mind the Bollocks, and she would just play it nonstop, you know, yeah. from her bedroom. I'd hear this. And so one one night I thought I'd have a joke with her, so I went down and I knocked on the door, and she said, yeah, and I'm like, can I come in? Yeah. So, And I said, Diva, because it was really like, can you turn it up? And she's like, <laughs> what? I said, can you turn it up? And she said, Daddy, you're supposed to tell me to turn it down. And I said, yeah, I know. <laughs> Crank it up. <laughs> did you buy Did you buy her a record player when she was young? Was that your doing? It must have been if she's 13 or no. Well, yeah, I I bought uh, bought her a, like a dance. We used to call them dance sets. Those little uh, portable things from the 60s that have a handle. And uh, they kind of have a bit of a crappy sound, but... It's also kind of a beautiful, distorted sound. You know, yeah. I always loved my uh, portable record player when I was a teenager. So. Well, when you were a teenager, um, <laughs> I, I'm not sure. I know, when my mom was a teenager in the 50s, that, that was pretty much all people listened to records on. I mean, you know, it, it right. was these portable record players with the handle and all that stuff. You know? Yeah, so yeah. Is it just nostalgia yeah. or you like you actually like the way it sounds or does it take you back to listen to those old <laughs> records when you were a kid? I think it was nostalgia, yeah, you know. Um, you know, we all like a bit of nostalgia, and hence pop tone. Yeah. Kind of, <laughs> well, you know, what what we're doing, really, you know, it's... An, and we kind of, you know, when we reformed Bauhaus and, and this time when we're doing this project, we all, 
always like to reproduce the songs as faithfully as as they are on the records, you know. So, because um, people don't want to come in here like you know, extended solos and trip hop beats <laughs> and. You know, they just want to hear it how it was. So right. that's what we set out to do, you know. All nine minutes of uh, Bella Lugosi is dead. <laughs> yeah. Um, why, well, we're not actually play, playing that one, but... Uh, right. Yeah. When, you but, re- uh, when, you re- when you record these iconic songs that you've done throughout your career, and, um, you know, when you're recording it in the studio, is there this... Do you feel this responsibility to maintain the authenticity of it and why not just tour why re-record uh old songs well i see just there's a, a local station um kxlu and there's a show on it called part-time punks and uh i i dj they have a club night and i've dj'd sometimes and michael he's a great guy and he's in it for the right reasons and he was on to me can you do a session you know for my radio show so in the end, I, I was like, yeah, yeah, of course, yeah. And uh, it was just before, before about to go on a tour. And uh, so we just went in. And a friend of mine at Cleopatra Records, Matt, he's one of my best mates. And he said, ask Michael, you know, if you can have the masters after the recording and, um, and then get in touch with me. I'm like, okay. So I kind of had win what Matt was suggesting. So we, we went and did it, recorded as many tracks as we could. And it was kind of like doing the like John Peel, like John Peel session. I don't know if you've heard of him, but oh, he was, no, we have. We like, we know all about that stuff, but we're very in tune to the. Uh, you, okay, okay, cool. Because <laughs> he was, it, um, I'm going to plug my book here because I, yes, I actually course. wrote about him in my. I I did a book uh, Bauhaus, called Bauhaus Undead, Undead, and I I dedicated a you know a whole story to him because he was so pivotal um, with uh, you know like growing you know mu- like punk and post-punk and that whole all those scenes and all, all forms of music you know he just liked great music and he was really important um and i've lost my thread now <laughs> what was i talking about um, we're talking about uh recording and keeping it faithful to oh right yeah 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 recording. so it was it's it was like doing a john peel session where you, you didn't have any you know and you had like four or five hours and so we bashed out all these songs in four and, or five uh, hours and i just loved the vibe of it, you know, just like really playing them like we play them live notes, you know, doing loads of overdubs and kind of, you know, touching stuff up. So once we finished it, I said to Matt, well, we recorded 13 songs and he said, would you like to release them? And I'm like, yes, I would. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, you know, we, you know, we just, they did a really nice deal for us and, um, and it's just, it's great. Um, for people leaving our shows, like I was on to Daniel all last year, let's record the set and so we can sell it after the show because people are like, our audiences are just amazing. I'm not just saying this, but they're amazing audiences and they come out even, you know, we're all a bit older now and, you know, tendency is to stay at home, but they, they come out and have a great time. And so on the last tour we did the West Coast, we had the vinyl then and people just, we sold out just like they mm. just love leaving the show and they can take the show home with them, you know, on yeah. vinyl or CD. So it's great. Just what, you know, that's the reason we did it. And that's a hot thing and people that you discussed. Yeah. I mean, like recording, it's a, it's a hot thing right now to, to record the show and then to press it right there. But there's also <laughs> a lot of legal legality issues because some people like, I believe it's a clear channel, um, 
they are basically Live Nation own the patent for that, and so you, it's hard. You have to get licensing to do some of that, from my understanding. Oh, really? That's that's interesting. Yeah, <laughs> it's pretty crazy. Yeah, you can read well, we're not. It. Well, I, I hope you're not misunderstanding. We're not recording the shows. Yeah. Oh, okay. <clears throat> you know, we we've recorded this one they session. Were, your version, and of it the has show. a very live feel. Oh, how how long? Sounds like. Sorry. Yeah. How long were you practicing? Uh, I mean, not practicing, but playing live shows before you actually went into the studio. You, you, at that point, you're a well-oiled machine, and you just could bang these songs out in four or five hours, the whole thing in one shot. Yeah, we, yeah, we. Jeez. Well, before before we actually started, we rehearsed for like ten weeks or something crazy, oh, and yeah. we actually recorded the first two shows, and we were going to release those, but when we went to listen to the tapes we found that we were playing way, way much better. <laughs> um, you know, this was like, you know, about six months later when we did this recording. And we're like, we, you know, they, they weren't really that usable, to be honest. And, uh, but, you know, by the time we recorded this album, we were, yeah, very well oiled and just locking together. And um, Diva is, um, I'm not just saying this because she's my daughter yeah. <laughs> at all, but she is an amazing musician and bass player and and she it's kind of effortless to her you know yeah and uh it's funny me and daniel be, before each the show each show we still get really nervous and we're like pacing up and down and me like too. fretting and like and she's like sitting back with a cup of tea lounging <laughs> and we're like Dear, aren't you nervous and she's like what like, she's just so laid back. It's yeah. unreal. I've been in, and then she goes on stage and nails it. You know? Yeah, I've I've been in bands a long time too, and uh, everyone wants to hear my story. But I'm I'm uh, I, I get nervous before every show, every single show. I never I can never get over it. Like uh, you know, I feel like dry heaving, and uh, you know, I know everything's gonna be okay, but it just gets I don't know why. I'm always nervous. Oh, it's I know it's weird, isn't it? Like, yeah, um, yeah I was watching this um, round table show with all these esteemed actors um uh ewan mcgregor was one and just a-list actors and they they started talking about nerves and all of them were saying you know we get on set and we're terrified like we you know they're all you know a-list actors they've proven themselves yeah. beyond you know anything but they say they can't shake it it's always just like i'm gonna mess up and i'm gonna I'm going to be awful this time, you know. You feel like you ain't get counterfeited at any second. This horrible dread of uh, being exposed as like a phony or something. Yeah, it hangs over you. <laughs> yeah, you've got yeah. to use it, man. When you were in the studio and, and you mentioned your, your I don't, how old is your daughter anyway, Diva? She's thirty-one. She's thirty-one. So I mean, yeah. When when you go in the studio, do you find it hard to uh, when you guys whack it out in four or five hours? I'm thinking it's fine. Like I would think that I'd be uh at, at, no offense, at your age, at my age, playing drums, I couldn't play them like I did 20 years ago. Did you find it physically taxing at all, or you were, it was no problem? Well, I, I actually, before we rehearsed for each, we do these little tours in little legs, like 10 dates like over a couple of weeks. Then we have a few weeks off. And so anyway, before each rehearsal, before each leg, I, at home I rehearse for at least three weeks. And I do, I, I put like a playlist of old punk rock and post-punk, like really fast songs together. And, and I rehearse every day until I'm like stripping and just soaked to the, you know, the bone. And so I just know when I go on tour, 
I can handle anything, you know. I'm just sure. I just raise my stamina level and I do yoga and I I I follow a vegan diet which I think is healthy and I keep myself, you know, as fit as I can be right. at this age, I right. think. No no alcohol? <laughs> That's something I just can't <laughs> you know, drop, you know. I, I can't I can't I love drinking, you know, and I love I red wine. It's tough, right? It's like so, because, you know. Yeah. You know, have you ever ruined but, uh, your life from it? <laughs> have I ever what? Have you ever like, uh, have you ever like, uh, has drinking been a problem for you ever? Like when you're like, but but I love it so much that uh, I'm going to try to just be a good guy and keep drinking. I don't think it's been a problem. No. You know, I've, I mean, you know. Of course you don't. I've you're had my share of hangovers <laughs> during my life. <laughs> But uh, how many, no, how many no, times a week really you drink? A <laughs> how many times a week you drinking wine? You three three times a week, four dinner. I have about four bottles with dinner, and then <laughs> just one more bottle. Any That's co- not a problem. No, right. how, about, how about lewds? You just a, <laughs> one more bottle is a nightcap. Right. Well, when when you guys were coming up, there must have been a crazy drug scene. How do you stay away from that? And if if you did at all. Or and, and how do you break uh, free from that if you were into it? Um, well, it, you know, the it was the eighties, and sure there was, was lots of drugs around. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and you know, I partaked in that, and um, but I found, I think the the you know the tendency is you. And it sounds a bit cliche, but I think this is, you know, you go on stage and you have this great show and, you know, we were playing to, you know, tens of thousands of people and, at that time. And and there's huge adrenaline and you don't want it to stop, right. you know, so you, yes. you know, so you want something to enhance, you know, to keep the night going. Yeah. But I found when I could get home, I just didn't need, you know, I didn't look for it or want it. Yeah. Um, I, I, I think I was lucky in that way that. Yeah, you are. I never really got addicted you know, to anything. You know, know. A, so. lot of, a lot of people uh, in, in, in that in that time, probably your contemporaries and your peers, uh, were uh, dying and having uh, you know depression issues. And, and do you think that the you know uh, goth music in general lent to the you know in the in, now in the news of the suicides and stuff? Do you, are you does it make you think about the the time you grew up and the and the people you've lost and uh you know d- depression in general and whether the goth music was a part of that like kind of you know culture of sadness or something you know um no i think i don't think you know you i mean you could equate goth music with i mean it's dark and gloomy <laughs> but um we actually and i actually we actually had we got letters over the over our career from people and i also heard this from a very a-list musician's mouth i won't mention his name but that the what they were all saying is that i was about to you know top myself and i i put you know we put i put your Bauhaus album on and it got me through it and oh wow which is you know, unreal, and yeah. you would imagine that it would it'll probably have the you know the opposite effect. But um, you know, they really felt you know saw they really gained comfort, and you know, I I suppose when you really relate to music in a very strong way, it speaks to you, and it you know I've I've I have friends now that I've you know met since I've lived in the 
U.S. And they they said uh, one, you know, they'll say, you know, I was living in this small little town in the middle of the Midwest somewhere, and and I was a complete, you know, looked upon as a complete freak. But your music, I, when I heard it, I I felt, you know, I I had a friend. There's somebody else that feels like me, and he said it was it was so important and comforting, you know, to him. And I guess that that works for a lot of people. What uh, what were some of the bands that did that for you growing up? Um, well, I, I, I mean, I loved Bowie and T-Rex and, uh, uh, Roxy Music and the whole, when the whole punk thing happened, that was, you know, I just left high school, I was 16. I mean, it was perfect timing for me. Yeah, to, to you, <laughs> and, in, in your uh, mind, it, did you think it was, it was hugely... Sorry. I'm sorry. Do you think it was a like those are all kind of glam bands and you guys did you think you were a continuation of the glam music and not so much inventing this new thing that everyone now puts this uh, I iconic uh, Godfathers of Goth label on you? Um well you know the Bowie was a huge influence and you know you could you could hear that coming through quite strongly in certain ways. But I think you know when you're a real band <clears throat> Because there are some bands who are, I can tell have decided, oh, we're going to be a post-punk band. And so they listen to The Cure, Bauhaus, and The Banshees, and Joy Division, and, and they take certain elements of them, and they contrive the sound. And, and you can tell it a mile off. Yeah. But with bands, bands that are real and that work, it's like, you know, it just seeps into you, your subconscious. And it's, you know, when people ask what my influences are, I say everything from the day I was born to the day I, you know, co-wrote or recorded that song, you know, all those things seep in and they come out in some ways, you know. It's not just music, you know, it's everything that happens in your life has an influence on you, obviously. So I, sure. I think that can come out in the music. What What are your relationships with bands like The Cure and Joy Division? Is something like you guys uh, play often? Were you friendly? What was the scene like? You? As peers, did you are you like ah oh, I you know those guys? That, you know, they don't. They never break down their drum set in time. You know. <laughs> <laughs> um, really, we we were kind of uh, you know we lived in this town Northampton, and we we never moved down to London. People say you should move down to London. Right. And we were actually scared of becoming part of a scene and losing our identity, <clears throat> partly that. Yeah. And so we thought, well, no, we're doing well, you know. And I think living in this really boring, it was a very boring town at the time. And there was nothing to do, you know, and it was, you know, the English weather. And, and so That's it you made you, you know, there was no computers or stuff like that. So, you know, you had to make your own entertainment. And I think that really was quite a big part of, of you know, why, you know, why we did what we did. You know, just, uh, you know, there wasn't much to do. There wasn't anything, um, anything to do but so practice. So with other bands, we were kind of... Sorry? <laughs> there wasn't anything to do but practice, really, I guess. You know, you just play music all day. and You can't go outside. There's no TV. There's no internet. You just got to play drums. There wasn't a lot to do, no. So I, I, I think that really kind of um, helped, you know, form a lot of, a lot of bands in that time. You know, like you, you don't have much money. You, there's not much to do in these small towns, or even if you're in a big city, you know, um, if you're if you're broke, you, 
there's not much you can do. But were you, were but, you, uh, were you fr- but, friendly with those but, bands, like uh, Joy Division and Cure? And well, no, you see, we never, we never kind of mixed with them. I think the only band, there's a band called Killing Joke, and sure, we yeah. were put on the same bill a lot of the time, so we got to know them. Uh, but there's, there was also this, uh, you know, uh, com- competitiveness of like, you know, it was, it was really difficult to make headway and to get shows and get gigs yeah. and get anywhere. And, uh, also the British press hated us. Hmm. They hated us with a, like venomous hate. Why? What do you think us. happened? They, they said, you know, they said, you know, Bowie copiers, extremely pretentious. I mean, we were a little bit. <laughs> um, Everybody is in their twenties. Yeah, I don't like... know. They just, they just didn't get us, and they. I think a lot of those um, journalists <laughs> are, are kind of, you know, frustrating musicians. Maybe that never really made it. So there's a certain amount of envy and jealousness. Maybe I don't yeah. know. But I've got to tell you, when we came up to the states, wow, the difference in attitude from journalists. It was just night yeah. and day. And people, you know, people came and interviewed you and didn't, like, stick the knife in and just twist everything around like they would do in the UK. They just, you know, reported it verbatim. And, you know, they were genuinely enthusiastic and in in love with music. And it was, a, you know, it was great. And we were like, wow, this is great. (laughs) These guys over here in America. So you guys had kind of the opposite effect. Like American bands would go to the UK back then because it was a smaller town and it was easier to, uh, you know, kind of like maybe maybe get a hit over there and then they would come back and try try it here. But, you know, that's great. That's interesting. (laughs) See, we're not that bad. Have a hamburger. No, no. (laughs) By the way, can you please take this back to your people that uh, most of us don't uh, agree with anything that's going on right now. Thank you. Yes. Uh, Take that back to everybody because we uh, we're very upset. This is a horror show. Thank you. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Thanks. Um, I lost my train of thought now. Um, I do. We have a lot of... uh, and by a lot, I mean like three people um, listening who, who who enjoy uh, uh, gear talk. So I got to ask you, what kind of drum set you're playing right now, and and also what your snare drum? Thank that's that's from Frank in Staten Island. Hi Frank in Staten Island. Hi Frank. Uh, I play a DW drum kit, and um, an aristocrat. I um, I'm. I'm very lucky to be friends with Stephen Perkins from Jane's Addiction. Oh, great and, drummer. He's from uh, Queens. He's from where we are. Oh, he's, he's brilliant. Yeah, yeah he's he a, is from Queens. Amazing, right. He's a natural, amazing drummer. And we toured with Jane's Addiction back in the day, and that's yeah. how I got to know him. Wow. Yeah. Did you know And we remained friends. So he, he took me to DW's. Uh, they have a factory pretty close to L.A. And uh, it was great. I watched all the drums being made, and it was an interesting cool. process. Um, and you know, um, then the I picked edges. out, you know, I, I picked out my drum shells and told them what finish I wanted, and and they, I just love those drums because they sustain. Yeah, like you hit the things, and it's just like the sustain is unreal. So it's it's very um, inspiring to play them. They are really nice drums. And I should all, my friend said it's really nice. Yeah, and and I should yeah. also also mention that I I uh, use a Roland. Um, Rain, oh, I've forgotten what it is. SPDX. Or well, there goes that <laughs> endorsement. Well, hold on a second. I'm, <laughs> got it in, I'm unzipping the back. 
Hold on, guys. Oh, oh it's All a family right. show. <laughs> it's a it's a Roland TD50. I was way off. Ah, yeah. Roland cool. TD50, and um, basically has you know a zillion drum sounds in it. But what I do mainly or mostly with it is I so I, I take samples from all our records, recordings, like drum sounds and background sounds yeah. and little synth parts and stuff. And I put them in this Roland TD50, and then I trigger them while we're playing live. Right. I have about 10, 8 or 9 pads or something. And, uh, you got two and words for you, orchestra hit. <laughs> Boom. Yeah, just, you know, just stuff. So, it, so when people come to hear us live, you know, they can hear all the sounds off the records and it makes it when you when you play you know, when you played on those early records it's uh, uh, did you sometimes have to play with a drum machine and did you always play with a click track it sounds sometimes like you're playing along with the drum machine or something and was that like an innovative thing to do or is that just you um, you're so steady that it, I, I, my mind is playing tricks on uh, well i didn't i didn't used to be that steady and i think i've got better um i I could never play to a click. It it did my head in. I couldn't. Yeah. You know, you you have to kind of. I mean, I did. I did actually. We did one tour of Love and Rockets where we did like an electronica album called Lift, and I had to play to a click live because so much stuff was on, you know, studio tape. Yeah. You know, so but I did. I kind of learned. You have to kind of get into this Zen state of mind where you're not really listening to it, but you're listening to it. Right. If you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, you know, if you listen to it, if you're focusing on it too much, then you just, I would just like go in and out and it'd be a nightmare. So yeah, I, I don't like playing to a click. When you, when you were, I have been, when you were first starting out and you were, you know, a young, a young kid in, in Bauhaus, did you ever imagine that you guys would have a hit song much less every band that you've joined after that has like a, had at least one hit more hit song? Like how it, it seems like a crazy number of uh you know things to happen maybe you guys are just that good i like that you uh anchored yourself to those guys you're like i'm not leaving i'm in but. <laughs> um I, I i just feel really blessed no i had you know i'm like I, I i really wanted to be in a band from when i was like 13 i kind of when i saw bowie do starman on top of the pops i think that was a pivotal moment for a lot of British musicians, like, I think if you ask every, most members of every post-punk, punk band, and beyond, you know, what was the moment that, that made that. it, and it, it was that, you know, that it was, was just their, so that remarkable. Was their, that was their Beatles on, Beatles on Ed Sullivan moment. Right, but did you think, like, okay, I was in, yeah. I was in Bauhaus, everyone, you know, with this well-received band, then you're, you're going to Love and Rockets and have, like, a number one hit. <laughs> And it's on MTV and stuff. I remember that. I'm old enough. I'm 43, and uh, <laughs> I remember that video. I think I've, you know, I've got, I've got some good guardian angels yeah. up there that right. are looking out for me. I, you know, I feel very blessed, and yeah. I, it's been a remarkable, you know, career, and I'm still doing it. Which is, a, which you know, is the, so. that's the dream, right? Just to play music, yeah, which, play yeah, music, and not have to like, brilliant. not have to work in the gosh darn factory exactly yeah when you I get, think that's the, the main you know motivation <laughs> <laughs> um yeah i, I, I did work in a toy factory actually <laughs> i worked in a toy factory when oh, i was yeah? 
in the in the summer when I was at art college, I worked in a toy factory. <laughs> and uh, what what year is this, by the way? <laughs> this was seventy seven. Right. What's, what, what's the average English toy at this point? Like a, a brick. <laughs> a lump of coal. They were all they were all kind of plushy, cuddly teddy bears and things like that. <laughs> so I was in the storeroom, and you know, we'd get a note. You, I need, I need forty-four uh, teddy bear paws, and one I tooth. need six six giraffe eyes. I need, and so on and so forth. And I'd have to go and like find all these different eyes and these paws are and ears and stuff. These are totally and then deliver lyrics. it to the production line. Yeah, it's, it's your next number one. That's your lyrics right there. I need forty-seven gorilla eyes. I always pack, uh, park my giraffe high in the garage. That's all I know. That's a, it's an incredible life you led. Like, how do these all these things happen? It's amazing. I'm, I'm fascinated by it. I'll tell you what. <laughs> Does the iconic status of well, the band bother you when people oh, like oh. Put, put you up on a pedestal? Do you feel like you seem like a normal, gra grounded guy? Like, how do you stay grounded when everyone's like, you know, you've invented like it's almost like you're like you're the, the Ramones. You invented punk rock or something. You invented you know a new kind of music. And then do you do you ever feel find yourself like buying into the the like kind of the horseshit uh you know uh, journalists fawning over you eventually even after they've uh, Panned you in the beginning, you know. And... <laughs> um, <clears throat> I don't know. I we're all pretty. I mean, I won't speak for everyone in our band, but we'll um, we're all pretty humble guys. And um, I don't know. I've just always been that way. And I, I've never, you know, I, I met an old friend of mine uh, who lives in Canada now, and he came to LA, and we went to breakfast, and his son said. His son's like a like fourteen, and he's like he's looking at me and saying, "What's it like to be a rock star?" And I just <laughs> laugh because I'm, I can't, I've never taken on that. You know, I don't think I'm a rock star. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's like it feels really odd to me. Um, and I actually I I met the drummer of Joy Division, Stephen Morris. Is it mm. Stephen Morris or mm. Stephen someone? And um, and I met him backstage, and I actually wanted to thank him because he was—he was quite a big influence on me, his style. And uh, I yeah, said, yeah. you know, I just want to pay thanks to you. And and he and he—he he, he was even more humble than me. He's like, and he just said, "Oh no, don't say no. Oh, stop, don't say that. No, I stink. Sorry, I get really embarrassed when people give me compliments like that. And yeah. I'm like, and I, my heart was melting. I thought, what a sweet guy. <laughs> like, you know, he's." You know the career he's had. You know, so I thought he's a very he's a sweetheart. And he's, and he's shopping in the supermarket, same as you. Yeah. Did you ever have to speak yeah. at? Mm -hmm. yeah. You ever have to speak at career day at school for your kids? At <laughs> <laughs> <I'm> Rockstar. <laughs> <laughs> right, my dad well, uh, um, uh, picks coal out of the mountain, and and it's weird because there are no mountains here in the you know, United Kingdom. <laughs> Well, my dad's a rock star. He was in what bands was he in? What band was he in? He was in like four bands, and everyone had a hit. Thank you. I'm gonna I'm gonna take the rest of the day off. <laughs> it's funny. Yeah, it's well, so actually, fun. mentioning kind of mentioning my I have two daughters. One we've established plays with me in Pop Town. Yes. Yeah. Now my other daughter Lola. She's formed a band with a few friends. They're called Automatic. Mm -hmm. They they formed about I don't know three months ago, 
and they're touring with us, opening for us. Oh, nice, wow. nice. That's beautiful. How crazy is that? You have it's a family so I, affair. I my daughters. Are you guys on ha- tour? How do you, how do you travel if you have both your daughters? Are you guys all stick together, and do you, do you have a bus or something, or and then you you follow them in the van because your dad? Or... <laughs> What's the uh, we we just uh, sometimes we fly and sometimes we we just rent like a passenger van. Yeah, we kind of keep it pretty. Uh, you know, well, you'd be flying kind from of budget, to know, Brooklyn. Budget, kind of. how, how did they get into music? Did you prompt them in any way to take lessons when they're young, or did they just pick it up on their own? <clears throat> I brought my eldest daughter, Diva, a drum kit when she was two months old. <laughs> and my wife was like, What do you, why, why have you brought that home? And I said, It's for Diva. She's like, Well, she can't play the drums. She won't be able to play for like two years i'm like yeah i know i just i just had to so anyway and she didn't really take to it yeah and what 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 i actually when she, when she was born i looked into her eyes and I had this kind of an epiphany and i saw this really old soul and i kind of heard this voice say to me it's not your job you can't don't force things on your kids just guide them because they have their own you know path to follow you know yeah. you can suggest things and you know but if they don't want to know, they don't want to know. And I, you know, I, and I just, I've always felt really blessed to, to do, you know, to get paid to do what I love doing. I mean, it's, it's very rare and it's a real blessing. And I feel really grateful for that. And I just thought, I would say to them, you know, just find out what you want to do mm. and try, go for it, you know, yeah. because you've, you, you know, know, you've got plenty of time. If it doesn't work out, you've got you so much you, time you don't to want to be do that, something else. You don't you want know? to be that football parent ranting and screaming on the pitch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, you know, I... I, I, I was... I, I, put, I was that actually. I put a drum. Ah. I put a drum set in my kids' room. He never touched it. I put one in the basement. They don't touch it. If, if I had tell them dr- not to touch listen, it, listen. I was uh, uh, <laughs> Kevin was playing on pots and pans. I was playing on my math textbook and a fan, like exactly. a, one of those little oscillating fans. Yeah, exactly. If I had a drum set, I I would when I was a kid, I would figure that would be yeah, like the and this best is why, thing that ever And this happened. is why his kids are killing it because they t- don't touch daddy's records. How do you not? <laughs> like, I set up a drum kit in the basement. How do you not hit it? Hitting a drum is the, like the funnest thing ever oh my god <laughs> how do you talk to your kids? And about the kids please call me off the air and tell me because they don't want to talk to me <laughs> thank you <laughs> how do you relate to your kids like how do you do it no i'm serious i need help they're they're amazing you know i'm again really blessed you know like they're just everything's really great kids and they're really centered um and just going really well with them and um, you know, w- one kind of great thing, being a musician and having kids that are involved, you know, they're very artistic and musical, obviously. Mm. And just, they'll, you know, be going to these, to a show or like this kind of underground thing in a warehouse and, and me, sometimes me and my wife will go along and then we'll be turned on to these great bands, you know, these young kids. And sure. so it keeps, keeps you feeling kind of youthful and it keeps your ears to the ground and yeah. and a lot of these bands you know i that i've seen we've we're taking on tours opening bands you know they're all great there's some great bands around um but i, I think it's but difficult it, for it, them it's, now it's, though, it's, to, it's cool too you get to keep an eye on them like you know you can actually go on tour oh, right. like, you know, <laughs> <laughs> but really, but, you know there mean, is that yeah. the, the only people who say to me you know rock and roll is dead and it's dying and blah, blah, blah the only people who say that to me are people who aren't hanging out with 15 and 16 year olds yeah 
Well, you know. No, but I mean, like, like they're what? not. No, but you don't have nieces or nephews or yeah, family members or yeah. anything like. No, it's it's still there. Yeah. Oh, I'm not exactly. Uh, I'm not curb crawling. If that's what you're insinuating. No, no. <laughs> what you're insinuating is the kids know where it's at. They always have, and they're all right. <clears throat> Uh, yeah. yeah. Isn't that a line from a Who song? I, I don't know. Oh, you know, that's an interesting question. Crap not crap the Who, because I know a lot of punk rock bands. When you're growing up, did you did you guys think that the Who was like, you know, uh, everything vanilla you didn't want to be? Or did you like uh, the Who? I, I, I think I'm a first LP guy. I, right. I generally like the first record the bands put out. Here when comes they, the Just who. all those early Who songs. You when know? they record the live Just, set. What's that? When they record the live set. Oh, that's a live at Leeds, right? No. The first, the first well, it's, No, it's like Substitute and, mm. you know, The Kids Are All Right yeah. and My Generation. You know, like all just fast, you know, powerful little two, three minute bursts of, of you know, energy. And I, I used, actually, when, when the whole punk thing happened, that was very kind of similar in, 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 in its, you know, construction and its, the energy of it. And, you know, they're kind of reacting against what was before. Um, but I used to think how amazing it would have been to see, the, like, The Who at the Marquee Club. Oh, yeah. And I sometimes, I, you know, I imagine, like, if you could get in a time machine now and you could go anywhere and, you know, if you wanted to go back to, like, prehistoric times, you, you, could, you could be safe. You know, there's, like, you can be kind of invisible. And I, I was thinking, you know, it'd be, you know, fascinating to go back to prehistoric times or the middle ages or you know all these different moments in history but i'd be really tempted to go and see <laughs> the who at the marquee club Th- that's what i was gonna say like We've, 66 or something we have played this game on the air before and what i've always said <laughs> oh, you have? is yeah and what i've always said is the b-52s in 76 in athens georgia <laughs> oh okay mm-hmm. I'm going to that, that live Ramones album in like oh, seventy eight, <laughs> or the Black Sabbath the first time. When you when you got, what did you think guys think of heavy metal when like Black Sabbath is around? You thought it was a, you think it was a goof. I yeah, it never connected with me that music um, at all. Like, there's a lot of bands where people say, "What about this band?" and Deep Purple and um, like also prog rock never never really that was really not my thing but professionally you know professionally, and I just were, don't were you ever know it, you know I've obviously I've heard that music at, at some point and just said no I don't want to hear this again so there's these big gaps in yeah. my musical knowledge if you like you know and like Foreigner and Journey like no, <laughs> no how about no, like pro, how about not, like yeah. Steely Dan or something well, my brother had Steely Dan records, and i <laughs> I can appreciate I can appreciate them. <laughs> Perfect, but, yes, but not nice. really. No, but this is going. Not really my cup of tea. <laughs> you know, I wouldn't right. rush. I wouldn't rush out to see them. But but how about Rush? I can then, appreciate them. Yeah, how about the band Rush? Like, about, prog rock wasn't your thing. You guys <laughs> thought that was like a joke, right? You had to. Don't lie. You're like, ah, well, you, it yes, just, it, to me, it seemed really self indulgent and kind of, yeah. you know, uh, just like. Like, it was boring and just pretentious and, like, you know. I have a question. How many notes can you play in 20 seconds, you know, as fast as you can? And how many scales do you know? And all this stuff. Right, it's like cup like, stack and juggling. What, what's the point of that? It's just, to me, it's just boring, like, pointless, to be honest. I like that answer. 
the um, we have a, a question from on the chat box from uh, Steve Albini. Do you know who Steve Albini is? I've heard of him. Yeah. <laughs> He says, I'm not sure if it's really him, but people tell me it is. Ask him if he remembers coming to Chicago in 1980 and playing at a rehearsal studio with Naked Ray Gun. I'm afraid my memory is not what it could be. Yeah. And there's lots of gaps. And I, to be honest, I, I don't. Yeah, right, because that's not really I'm sorry. Albini. That's the worst thing that ever happened. <laughs> <laughs> Whoever you are in the chat box, screw you. Shame on you. Yeah, we, we looked up his IP address. <laughs> Thank you very much, yeah, uh, Kevin. Um, by the way, <clears throat> Kevin has a, a, a website and a new record out, and they're going on tour. It's poptoneTheBand.com, or you could also go to poptone.bandcamp.com slash releases to order the new record. Also, I have all the tour day. Are you okay, man? Are you dying or something? You still smoke cigarettes? What's going on over there? Are you talking to me? No, I was talking to Pat. Sorry, uh, I have the dates here. Oh. Um, June June <laughs> June twentieth, Minneapolis, Minnesota, and then it's uh, pretty much every day: Chicago, Detroit, Toronto. Then we go to June twenty sixth in Boston, Massachusetts. June twenty seventh in the our favorite town in the world, Wontaw, Long Island, in Mulcahy. So <laughs> that's, gonna be, that's underneath. That's underneath the train tracks. You have fun over there. And uh, the next day is June June twenty eighth. Uh, my wife will be at that show, uh, making an appearance. Brooklyn, New York, at Warsaw. I'm going to try to make it to that one too. And then a couple of days off, cool. Silver Spring, Maryland, uh, at the Fillmore. And those are the so far the dates. And do you think you guys will do like another ten tour date? And that's how you get to just break it up. Yeah, that's how we do it. We just, um, you know, we do like little runs. So, you know. So we don't kill each other, basically, you know. Um, and it's great because by the, by the time we've done those 10 dates, we're like, yeah, I'm really ready to go home now. And then after, you know, three, four, five weeks off, we're like, oh, it'll be nice to go on the road again. So it kind of works really well. Yeah. <laughs> well, Kevin, thank you so much for calling in. I mean, I really appreciate it. Uh, thanks for staying on the phone with us for so long. I didn't mean to take up uh, so much of your time, but... Uh... We, uh, I know. I was thinking, when are these guys gonna let me go? <laughs> Never. <laughs> Listen, I got, I got pages, pages, buddy. More questions. You want to hang around? <laughs> crab, not crab. I'm Iron Maiden. <laughs> <laughs> well, you guys are a lot of fun, and I've really enjoyed. Uh, no, seriously. Oh, thanks, Kevin. I really enjoyed this. Thank well, you. It's, it's been it's, very kind of candid and. Cool. It's an yeah. ab absolute pleasure to speak to you, and we're delighted that uh, you would make some time to call in here. So thanks very much, Kevin. An honor. Good luck with the tour. And oh, thank you. Be safe. All right. I, I should mention. I should yes. mention a couple of things. Go ahead. Can I? Can I mention? Of course. Uh, so on this on this next leg of the tour, um, after each show, I'm going to go to the merch table, and I'm going to sign. We're going to sell my books and also the new LP and CD. And I'm going to be there signing them if you, you know, want a nice. signature on stuff. Very cool. I'm going to see you um, So that's, uh, you know, maybe that would entice. Also, we're doing, like, more new material, new old material on this leg. Uh, we've, we have three new T-shirts we're going to sell on this tour. Um, so. What do you get uh, for you a T-shirt? Hopefully, you know, I just want, hopefully people will be entertained. Oh, you're going to sell, sell, sell out at every show. I, I, I believe that. For sure. Thank I'm gonna, you. I'm going to see you in Brooklyn. Thank you. Yeah, we'll all be in Brooklyn. And Excellent. We'll be there. Yeah. How am I, uh, well, come and say hi to me afterwards. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll do. Much. 
table. We'll go straight to the merch table and uh, buy a uh, T-shirt for me. Thanks, man. You got it. Yeah, yeah. You're welcome. All right. Go, uh, be careful. The, <laughs> the dog is hungry, and uh, if, if you have any small children, I would lock them up. Thank you, man. Alrighty. All right, Kev. Take Thanks, it easy, guys. Man. Cheers. Thank right, you, Kevin. Thank you. Thank yeah. you very much. All right. Kevin Askins. Thanks. Yeah. Right. See you in a couple of weeks. All right. Yeah, sounds good. See you in a couple of weeks. Yo, Kev. What a guy. <clears throat> oh, let's, let's, I'm going to try to stay on the phone. Let's listen to his laugh. Yo, Kev. Hang up the phone, Kevin. I don't know what, what the uh, phone is. I'm, I'm listening to what you guys are going to say to me after I do that. <laughs> don't forget to drive on the right side of the road when you're over here. I mean, for God's <laughs> sake, you're going to kill us all. All right, then, thanks. All right, later. Thanks, guys. All right, take yeah. care. Thanks, guys. Bye, Bye. Good luck. Good one. Thank you. <laughs> Yo, Kev. Oh, what a guy. Hey. Yeah. That was fun. Kevin, you kidding me? That was something else. He's a musical legend, for God's sakes. Yeah, We're busy freaking clowning around. With his dog. Unbelievable. What, his dog has a fox in its mouth right now. That's what's going on <laughs> over there. <laughs> See, it's, I didn't know it was, it was the old hunt tonight. But apparently, it what a, what a, what a, thank you very much, Kevin, for calling in. That was fun. That was cool. Oh, yeah. Awesome. Listen, I could talk about music all day. Damn so straight. could he, apparently. It's great. So what, do we, what do we do now? We take a break. You want to just jump right into the news? So let's let's take like five minutes. Yeah. All right. And then we'll do the news. All right. All right. Okay. Five yeah. minutes. Everybody. Yeah, play some pop songs. All right. All right. I'm going to play some uh, the best song ever, which I've been listening to in my car for the past 20 years. Love Megadeth. And I had no idea Kevin was in the van. Yeah. That's that's the sound you want right there. You're recording this. You're like, are you guys kidding me? We're done. We're, we're done in a half an hour. Live from the garage, radio. Nope. Almost made it. Everybody. Yeah. Some nice cowboy work. See you later. Yeah. Yeah.
do the news. He's been living in a wooden cabin. I like when Tommy's completely separated from me too. It's social media. It's liberating. It's liberating for all of us. Yeah. I don't know why I'm playing Highway to the Danger Zone. I figured everyone needs a new theme song this week. Tommy Rockstar. What do I got? Hey, speaking of the song, you must be chomping I'm at the chomping, bit, or champing and chomping, or champing everything. No, I'm chomping. Uh, hey, question. Speaking of the song, have you guys seen that this Cobra Kai uh, series on I YouTube? I watched the first yes. episode that Pat sent me, and I it was fan, <laughs> fantastic, fantastic. I watched it, it was Cobra Kai test. Eight of the nine episodes up until I think it gets better and better. It's really, really good. Mm. So I'm just curious if you guys enjoyed that. I couldn't. I, um, I could. I tried to purchase it because I watched the first two YouTube. Yeah, but don't uh, you have to buy like YouTube free. Red? Isn't oh no! Well, I like. You know what? I'm really enjoying this. I'll I'll plug yeah. down the bread. And uh, for the you, for the YouTube then, Red as a whole, like uh, what does that cost? Uh-huh. I don't know. It was like two ninety nine a month, but I was like, <laughs> I'm really enjoying this. I'll throw down. And then uh, they sent me a message saying that my account appears to be compromised, and they need two forms of ID. Uh, fuck I have that. to scan uh, them, send them to them. And you then should do some karate within two days. So yeah, so I just what? pirated it. I started a new account. I was willing to have pay you, for it. Get a new email. I was totally <laughs> willing to pay for it. How did you forget your password? Have you tried uh, waxing it on and then waxing it off and yeah. then waxing it back on again? Exactly. You know, I really enjoy the wax it off. Wait thirty seconds. Wax it back on. I really enjoy the new series, and I'm like eight and nine episodes in. But I guess are I, you? I, you have YouTube read it automatically. Anyways. Leah pulled it up somehow. Yeah. I don't know if she's paying for it. Uh, probably my yeah. credit card. But here's the like, thing. What do you get with YouTube? Red? Oh, by the way, they've slowed down the entire website. If you noticed, like they want really want you to buy it. Yeah, they, like, that's screw with you. Push. There's more ads than ever. But uh, there's like all this crap. It's annoying. You, you know what they did that really pisses me off, Tommy? What's that? And, and Pat. Yeah. My God, it really gets my goat. They used to be able, like any other sound application, you could play it and turn your phone off, and it would play along. Yes. And they, when it came out with YouTube Red, they got rid of that. Yeah. I, I didn't and now could... I can't go to sleep to some lady ASMR. whispering in my ear. Yeah. Some y- I don't lady think they ever did that. Howard Stern. What about I'm on Vivo? There's like two I videos on it. John, I don't think they I ever did that. usually listen to people yelling at they Howard did. Stern on the phone. They cut it out. And I don't know if it was a, a an Apple update. No, they just was, like, uh, they want people to charge uh, it. It's not the YouTube app either. They were in cahoots. They're in cahoots. They're in cahoots. They were in cahoots. Fucking bullshit. Google. I ain't paying for shit. Guess what, Washington Post? I only have one more article. Just screw oh, you. The, exactly. the next. Look guess what? Shit. We're the giving ne- away content for free. The next article is going to tell me the exact same thing. It's be a goat and a crocodile. And, <laughs> and now Washington Post is like, it'll only be 80 cents a year. And people are like, no. Nope. Dude, the Wall Street <laughs> Journal is up to four bucks for the print edition. Kiss my wow. ass. Four bucks for the print Dude, edition. Dude, I buy really? a daily news on a Saturday. It's like a dollar fifty. Saturday paper used to be like a quarter. There's nothing in a Saturday paper. Metro AM, baby. Exactly. Well, I grabbed those too. <laughs> no, what I was going to say was I love the new series, but I've never seen the original Karate Kid. So Why? I'm a little, a little lost. Uh, what? Yeah, I never it's... got a chance to watch oh that. Oh, my shit. God, dude. <laughs> you never saw the Karate Kid? I think I'm going to watch it this weekend in the cabin. It's about an old Eastern European man. You better bring a VHS tape up there. I got a DVD player. You got what? I got a DVD player just installed. Uh, I got a, I got that shit on picture disc. I'll lend it to you. <laughs> Laser disc? You never saw the Karate no. Kid? Just like a little clips on HBO and shit. That movie is so... I had a couple movies as everyone knows. Karate yeah. Kid, Easy, um, um, Back to School, Ghostbusters, yeah. and Gremlins. 
Those are the movies. I, I saw all those. You know, I was thinking about speaking of Ralph. Karate Kid is like ingrained in my mind. Like when I watch it and I see certain scenes, it reminds me of like being a yeah a, a kid. And what I was weirdly thinking like at that moment is really freaking freaking me well, out. Do you they, remember the Ralph Macchio movie Crossroads? That's right. He oh, yeah. finds an old black guy he and then a white guy soul. shows up and Steve does Vi it better the, than the black guy. Steve Vai is the devil. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Steve Vai. Mm-hmm. It's but, he had a 57 Telecaster in that. I wonder Steve, if he hung on to that. Steve Vai lost 60 pounds for that role. <laughs> his hair. It's crazy to see Ralph Macho. I heard you want to sell your yeah. soul there. Turns out, turns out it, wasn't That's a, right. it wasn't a stretch for a guy from Carl Place to be the devil. Right. He looks like a Charlie Daniel song in the movie for him, but it's two hours long and Steve Vai is in He was looking for a soul steal. Ralph Macho looks the same in, the, in, this, in this new series. It's like he's just grown older. It's like a Primus. Why didn't Primus should do that? Hmm? Sounds like Primus. Another devil went down. I bet you they did do that. They did do that. Did they? Yeah, sure did. It sounds familiar. There's an animated video to go with it. (laughs) I'm sure there is. Everyone's claymation. You guys want some news? Clay Les Poolmation. Go ahead, Tom. Let's get some news. Oh, all right. Here's the news. Okay. I don't mind stealing stories from the Wall Street Journal. All right, what's in the news, Tom? We got to get going. All right, all right, all right. All right, this story is out of, uh, well, it's out of somewhere. A judge in New York City From has... the TRNN World News Headquarters. Got a judge in New York City has ruled in favor of a bar that kicked someone out for wearing a Make America, Make America Great Again hat. Yeah, this is a weird uh, thing, yeah. According to the New York Post, Philadelphian Greg Petak was booted from the happiest... <laughs> a- that's his name. Uh, was booted from the happiest hour in January of 2017. Robot? Just after Donald Trump's inauguration, because he was wearing a red MAGA hat. Right. Some of the 31-year-old, uh, so so the 31-year-old sued the place, claiming the incident quote offended his sense of being American, according to the lawsuit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But according to the Happiest Hour, I identify as racist. <laughs> lawyer. Yeah, yeah, I got no opinion on this. I don't know what to do. Like Pat's a bar owner, uh, but I also as a if I own a bar, I want to kick Sorry, anybody the fuck out I want. Tough, but you know, tough it's tough. That's why I spill a beer on a guy with Trump that hat, and I have my friend pretend to fight him, and then I can boot him legit. Just be decent. I stick Dan Dara on that guy. Yeah. <laughs> but according to the Happiest Hour, <laughs> like Dan, that guy has your phone. You remember you lost your phone like a half hour? Yeah, I see yeah. it in his pocket. According. According to the bar's lawyer, uh, political beliefs are not protected from discrimination by law. Only Political. religious beliefs. What quote, was that? Only religious beliefs uh, are okay. protected by but, from but law. But who's to say what religion is? Maybe Donald Trump's your god. Who knows? Maybe. You're a maniac. You're, you know, you're some kind of nut. Quote, supporting Trump is not a religion, she said. I like this whole vague, blurry lines bullshit. According to reports to which PTAC's attorney, uh, Paul Legere, counterpointed, Quote, the purpose of the hat is that he wore it because he was visiting the 9-11 memorial. Now, what if you're like Matt Sweeney and you show up to a bar wearing it ironically? Can they kick you out? Ooh, that's a good point. Mm. I'm wearing my hat with purpose. I don't know. The Make America Great Hat uh, again. A Make America Great Again hat was part of his spiritual belief, the lawyer argued. How'd you like that merch account? Spiritual. Oh, man. (laughs) I want to just do knockoff versions (laughs) of that shit. You should make like St. Patty's ones in green. I'm I'm wearing my Homer Simpson socks. After an hour-long investigation... Nobody wears that hat in the city. It's like, I'm on, I'm on the subway. It's like, uh, I ride with guys who are like ready to throw it out, man. I'm like glad they're there. If someone wore that hat, you're making it two stops <laughs> for some guy in overalls who's like 300 pounds. It's like, what'd you fucking say? <laughs> I love it. After love I didn't city. say nothing. I said it with a hat. Love this city. After an hour-long investigation... Get rid of the police and just have black people please the city. <laughs> Into PTAC's alleged spiritual program, the judge decided that there was nothing outrageous about the Trump supporters' removal from the bar. Right. 
It was unclear at the time whether the decision will be appealed, but if PTAC uh, plans on patronizing this bar again, he uh, may want to leave his trucker hat at home. This story is about a loose pig on the run. My friend just got kicked out of a bar because he punched a marine in the face, but I can't really talk about it too much. Really? Well, the guy was like smacking him in the back of the head. Like yeah, that ain't a right. couple times, and like he just got enough where he turned around, so he can't go back. Once is enough. <laughs> I saw Smack once is enough. Back the Beat the fuck out of this. exactly. Like, I'm a marine. Like a bag of hammer. He's like, stop touching me, and he kept doing it. The story is out of Texas. A pig on the loose on a Dallas <laughs> highway. <laughs> You're <laughs> mean from where? <laughs> He's like, but it's all like Spanish guys in the bar, and they keep calling him like, you can't come back yet. You know, the, Sean is really pissed. Like the Irish bug. Uh, Thank you. Thank you. A pig on the loose. Gotta raise that really My friend's name is Phil. By the way. <laughs> Phil McDonald. A pig on the loose on a Dallas highway prompted a mad police response and became a social media star thanks to the locals who live tweeted the action. So. <laughs> thanks to everyone who live tweeted everything ever now. <laughs> Madison Tom Sawyer. Tom posted a video of these uh, Indian brides getting kidnapped That's fucked and up. just it, it, it it's so fucked. And then like, but just miraculously, someone. Is always has the videotape yeah, going that? before the kidnapping actually happens. Like they're filming their own mm, kidnapping. Yeah, I'm sus- mm. sus- yeah, I hear that. <laughs> Madison Sawyer, a traffic reporter for TRNN in Texas, was My monitor- favorite stripper. <laughs> was painting a fence. Was monitoring traffic cameras Wednesday for TRNN uh, when she spotted the loose pig on Interstate 35. Uh, S- Sawyer captured the internet's <laughs> attention when she live tweeted the action surrounding the pig. You gotta live tweet the pig. Yeah. Yeah. A man, a man who showed Here's up, my shot. <laughs> Fine. It's not a simile. A man who showed up on the scene comforted the animal and uh, kept <laughs> it safe. What was his name? <laughs> before. It's Mr. Mm-hmm. Oinkman. It Kevin Bay. Yeah. Uh, oh. I'm just. Do you know that the, uh, Donald right. Trump, uh, because of Trump, uh, I heard today that the price of pork is going to sink to nobody's business. We're going to be eating bacon. It's going like, to sink like two thirds or something. Really? Yeah, that's right. Thank you. I heard that the Prime Minister of Canada God bless up. you, Mr. President. <laughs> The Prime Minister of Canada called him up and bawled him out for putting tariffs on steel. Oh, it's a great strategy. Before he goes to the summit, he bad bounces everyone he's going to meet with, then he kisses their ass. It's like, what are you doing? Wait, isn't he skipping out on it? No, he's there. Oh, he's going. Oh, he's going. He's there now. All right. Well, it starts tomorrow, but they met today. His latest thing, he says Russia should be in there, too. Right. (laughs) Russia was in the summits until they invaded, uh, you know. Poland. Yeah. Crimea, Crimea, whatever the fuck. Crimea. They invaded that shit. According to reports, police called in a professional pig wrangler who arrived Wrang- on the scene <laughs> and was able to load the animal into the back of a pickup truck. He's the pig whisperer. <laughs> Listen, I don't know if we're going to be able to wrangle this pig. Well, it's going to take a bit of time to do this. It's like a dog that doesn't bite. Exactly. It's not an alligator. Two minutes and 15 seconds later. Well, you owe me fifteen thousand dollars. <laughs> like the Pied Piper. That sounds a little steep. Well, <laughs> what it says here. While the pig's origins are unclear, <laughs> Sawyer told Tiernan that the animal will be trans- How about the farm. Origins are unclear. <laughs> the an- the animal. Why don't be- they use twenty three and me? There's gonna be a jail break. <laughs> the animal will be transported to a local somewhere in this town. How about the jail? Far- <laughs> farm sanctuary. Thank you. I gotta tell you about Rob all the subtitles that say like My boss is called Pig Vomit Because he looks like a pig He makes you want to vomit <laughs> And then they just nod at each other It's actually Pig Vomit <laughs> I love that they have to legally change Pig Virus to Pig Vomit the Like so there's a lawyer in, in charge of that Get out of here 
This story's out of France. <clears throat> out of France. They'll never know it's me if they say pig vomit, vomit instead of virus. <laughs> a French man in France has collected a $1.2 million jackpot from the same game he won the same amount from 18 months earlier. Mm-hmm. The man, whose name is Jacques De Niro, oh. scored one point. <laughs> a little bit. One, one Play a lottery a little bit. $1.2 million. Well, what you least attempt to make it more Francophile? From the... <laughs> For, well, he was mixed from your for the Josh De Niro. Francophile would be good. <laughs> it's all in the pronunciation. The, from a Euro Millions drawing on late May, eighteen months after he collected the same prizes from the same game. Mm. Euro Millions is a su- supplementary game offered comp, uh, to comp- same game. complimentary to players in <laughs> France. Save four or five. Complimentary lotto. It is. <laughs> yeah, your, your odds are so bad. Here's a free ticket for everybody. Players are, earn an entry for each line of numbers they purchase on a ticket. children need one. Free numbers for you. Itchy and scratchy land. Open for business. And are uh, randomly no. generated. The man said he plans to continue playing the lottery and hopes he can score a uh, big time. I'm glad the lottery yeah. numbers are randomly generated. Finally. Yeah. You know, exactly. The fix was it's in been, for yeah. too long. <laughs> and the first ball up. Is three. And is the next the ball is one Nuf. that's in this is, chamber. And the second ball up is is cut. Joel Thorne. <laughs> 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 the third ball up is twelve. <laughs> exactly. And now here's here's Amelie with the lotto. <laughs> with the pig cat. Chocolate. And the first ball up is there's no water. Mm. And finally, <clears throat> God bless everyone in Guatemala. The third number is Nicaragua's on fire, man. The whole country's on going nuts, man. Thank you. Luck finally ran out uh, recently for oh, a. Jesus. Pl- Luck uh, ran out for a dog tonight. A- tonight. <laughs> Sammy. For a dog named Sammy. For a dog. Luck's a volcano tonight. <laughs> Luck be a crocodile oh. all night. Cool, cool, baby. For a dog in Australia. Watch that- out for his Mac the bike. Look out. <laughs> he rides his- on sidewalks. <laughs> his he teeth are sharp. That He's be- all busy. He's a swinging. Coleman head. <laughs> What's in my trousers right here? Right now. Take a look. <laughs> luck be an egg cream tonight. Right. Delicious. That's my, my favorite line. Tommy of the whole, patiently. Uh, Frank, Frank Sinatra's <laughs> old blue eyes is going blank. The best line of that whole bit oh, is bit. When, when Billy West goes, to tell you the truth, I can't remember when I started forgetting. Now get out of here before I have my legs broken. <laughs> I got you. My favorite part is Fred Norris. Fred, Fred being the interviewer. Hey, cool, Frank, cool. what did you have for breakfast? <laughs> breakfast? What's that? Cool, hey, cool, cool, babe. Cool. Don't ask There's me weird, weird questions. Look. Hang with the six pack: Shirley McClone, <laughs> or Jimmy Davis Jr., Don Martin. I know tell these me, people. Tell me, I can't remember these people. Luck finally ran Thank out. You. Luck ran out <laughs> for a dog in Australia that became Luck known. took a train. <laughs> <laughs> Luck took a dump <laughs> tonight. Luck went out of here. It's not in this town. It's gone. <laughs> Forget you it. Got nothing. No luck at all. Forget it. <laughs> For a dog. 
in you Australia. Walk away, cut your losses. Cut your losses tonight. <laughs> Hit the brakes tonight. <laughs> What's in the news now? Uh, for tonight. a dog that became known for repeatedly chasing a crocodile. Asshole dog. What did you think he was going to happen? He teased a crocodile your whole life. Teasing back- a crocodile. <laughs> back into the river. A Croc- broken clock right twice a day. <laughs> 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 the dog I used to breeze into those like, late hey, sessions. Cut, you know? cut that, cut that out. Cut that part I out. To, yeah, it doesn't I fit in the do meter. That. I could do that better. I could do that better. Give me one more pass. <laughs> the dog's owner, Ralph, uh, says a recent video shows that the croc did, quote, did what it crocs do: yeah. eating his prize pooch. Eat dogs. <laughs> it ate his prize pooch. Uh, Ka- uh, Kai Hansen. Guess what? I, I tied my dog to a tree and I, I put a tiger in my backyard. I can't believe it. <laughs> Ralph and a husky tonight. <laughs> Thoughts and bread. Kyle Hansen, owner of the Trouble I Terrier. I hate little asshole dogs. I'm so glad that dog got chomped and dragged into the water like Chud. Delicious. Uh, <laughs> Kyle Hanser, Kyle Hansen, the Kyle owner of the, of the Trouble Terrier. <laughs> Why you not have Hansers? Told TRN. <laughs> oh, I got my biopsy. I don't have. I don't have Kyle Hansers. Yeah. Just, uh, thank you. That's all I want. Oh, good. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. Listen. Uh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The Trouble Terrier. <laughs> kind of looking forward to. Told TRN that the dog. Was per- troubled terrier <laughs> told TRN. That's that rough. Roll it round, and I've got no time. Dog was troubled terrier. I'm not used to having more than one. Come on, fellas, there. we're losing our heads. Oh was performing word from you, and you go. And you go. Was performing her favorite trick for a group of onlookers at favorite the Goat trick. Island Perform Lodge. My favorite trick. The trick she gets less beaten for at the Goat Island Lodge when the tragedy occurred. The video captured. We're all going to your wedding, Goat Island. Goat Island Lodge. <laughs> The video captured by a spectator shows the dog barking repeatedly while running directly at the massive reptile. <laughs> good, good strategy, Cotton. Let's see if it pays off. Uh, this before the crocodile unfazed wh- whipped its head back and snatched uh, Ralph's in its jaws. Here yeah. under protest is dog burgers. <laughs> <laughs> we know a farm in Miami, Florida. <laughs> I was wondering where you were going to go in Florida. <laughs> the owner told TRN, "Quote: Maybe you're lying." The owner told us, quote, it was something is that had a high probability of happening at some point. Probably. You know why? The dog's way annoying. Yeah. Uh, Hansen said that he was, quote, really sad about losing his pet. Yeah, I'm all busted up. He doesn't seem that crazy. But doesn't, really, bu- but doesn't really blame the 220-pound, 11-foot crocodile for eating it. Yeah. Like he, like, he like, throws 20 pounds of chicken next to it, things like, fuck that, eat the dog. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just a really, bust Really, it was balls. my girlfriend's dog, and he'd growl every time we laid down together. <laughs> However, <laughs> stupid asshole dog. Finally Some, got him out of the picture. Any, I, I'm de- I, I am so supportive of any crocodile that eats like one of those little yipping asshole dogs that yeah, won't yipper. stop barking. Oh, shot the fuck. Yeah, get the hell out. That was Ralph. Ugh, mm-hmm. I hate those dogs. Mm-hmm. However, some on social media. <laughs> I'm team crocodile. <laughs> We're quick to blame the owner Hanson for allowing the dog to chase crocodiles in the first place. Yeah. Calling it cruel and unusual. Well, the guy's a moron. He lets his dog run around there crying at us. Yeah. yeah. What's he thinking? You guys want to hear one more story? Where is this, they Alaska? It's they snap. They nick. No, uh, so, oh, to go along with your crocodile story. Yeah. My friend at work. Uh, I'm at work for five minutes. I get shown videos of, like, horrible things. I'm see, like, I don't want to see. Now, now, John telling a crocodile story is not something we were allowed to wager on earlier. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's quick. He, he's like, look at this video, you know. It's like this guy who did the... Uh, 
the harness test with me. He's like, look at this video of a guy getting his balls ripped off. I'm like, oh, I don't want to fucking yeah. see oh, it, fuck dude. That. Like, it's weird that oh, everyone so just like, here, up, look. bro. Oh, yeah, here's, uh, here's my girlfriend getting killed. And I'm like, well, I don't want to see it. He shows this alligator. There's a bunch of alligators in the zoo. The guy throws a chicken. One alligator. Alive or dead chicken? They all go uh, dead, like meat. Yeah, like, yeah. you know, there's no feathers on it. <laughs> it's like supermarkets. So stuff. the two al- all the alligators go for the chicken, and then these two alligators who are like, near it the guy on the left just bites the guy the alligator on the right arm goes into a death row rips his arm right off wow and the other alligator doesn't bite him back he's like what the fuck he looks <laughs> over like what the this fuck arm bro his mouth. Dude, just rip my frank. fucking arm off. i mean frank. granted i have really short arms you know frank, what's the fuck not, not that useful frank but for buddies it totally fucked me and alligator's like no 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 he just eats crocs shit, don't eat crocs that's a lot of meat on there jay thank you Speaking of Boston, my last story. Boston Red Sox fans caused an unusual delay Wednesday night in the seventh inning against the Detroit Tigers. Jay, that's a tuner or something. Jay, look at it. Come on. Fans using their cell phone lights. Identify it, Jay. Fans using their cell phone lights during a Tigers at bat uh, were apparently distracting the batters uh, during the inning. Man, you can't do that. Tigers player Nick Castellano. Castellanos. Castellanos, sorry. Alerted umpire College Point. Mike DeMurio. Now that's oh. a <laughs> what are you gonna, we're gonna have a conspiracy here. About the cell phone lights, which prompted umpire no, sorry, uh Ron Lock Ga- Gardenhire. Cell phone lights. <laughs> <laughs> hey there, Demucci. Oh. <laughs> All right. Prompted Ron Gardenhire to come out and try to stop it. Throw it over the plate. <laughs> you got it good. <laughs> Quote, you ever Ryan you Garden- can throw the ball. <laughs> Ron Garden hired. gotten hired for every job he ever <laughs> Quote, you ever try to hit with I a can't light fire, yeah. in your face? It's not supposed to happen, Garden Hire told Terrence. You right. ever try to hit with a light in your oh, face? Please. Quote, umpire should have stopped it right away. Uh, they, they see it happen. It's uh, right in dead center Stop field. Them. Well, Red Sox security asked fans in the center field bleachers to stop using the phones as flashlights <laughs> and play hey, continue. stop using those fucking phones. <laughs> 9-11. Boston strong. It's horrible. I think it's like it's like a meteor or something. <laughs> Come on, throw the, the cup of gold. <laughs> I don't know what it is. It's like the northern Jay, lights that's the fucking moon, it's Jay. It's like, oh, that's the Aurora Borealis, Jay. That's Jay, the Aurora Borealis right there in that's center field. Beetlejuice, Jay. It looks Can't red. hit that. How oh, my God. What the fuck is that, Custom bro? Singled in is the that center. a star? Quote, oh, man, Jay, it's dead, bro. Right, for like thousands a year. Red Sox manager Alex Cora joked oh, after the game. They just can't figure out whether they're fighting or fuck it. Ex-Met Alex Cora, young, youngest manager probably in the league. Telling Tiernan that the phones were, quote, a good weapon. And according to that... That's a good weapon, what? Jay. No, you the, can't do that. You can't shine lights in the player's face. Come on, this baseball. There's a gentlemanly no, fucking agreement up. here, man. Alex Cora said that? He did. Vera he, he, said that? He joked after the game saying the phones were a good weapon. <laughs> <laughs> and according to that, Vera says for you to shut up. <laughs> Holy shit! 
And according to sources, <laughs> that's the news. Yeah. yeah, well done, Tommy. Look, you can fit it right in there. Running a gym. It's amazing. Running a gym. Yeah, you need to work on it. Come on, the news for two seconds. Jesus fucking Christ. You're supposed to be a news guy. Where you getting your fucking information? to the jungle. We've got fun. And that's the news. 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 All right. One minute, Ryan. Shit. Got pull the plug. Waiting for the interview. We're gonna have Phil Shane on in just a moment. Do it for Ron Kongama. You're right. Thank you, Kyle. <laughs> Do it for Ron Nobody's doing anything for Ron Kongama. Your friend. Hey, Phil. How's it going, man? Um, well, I, I haven't coughed on you yet. So <laughs> you hesitated. I was like, uh-oh, maybe things aren't going so well for Phil right now. And I'm walking to a, you know, a mess. Uh, how's it going? Oh, I'm getting divorced, you know. Uh, lost my house. You know what I'm up against. <laughs> <laughs> you know what it's like to be me. Phil Shane is a uh, broadcaster, and he's a soccer broadcaster, otherwise known uh, across the rest of the world as football. Do you do, do they make you say football, or you just call it soccer when you're around your American friends? Uh, it varies. Uh, basically, there's a lot of people out there who, uh, I guess, try and call the games with their nose in the air, which is kind of hard to see the, the ball on the ground, uh, and maybe say football. There's others who are uh, stayed red, white, and blue and say it's soccer. For me, uh, I guess whatever the moment calls for. How did right. you get the soccer bug? <laughs> Um, well, I guess I was a typical kid growing up in, in the United States, although in South Florida when I was growing up, you basically just had Dolphins football and then Dolphins offseason. Um, even University of Miami didn't really have anything going on back then. So I guess that and, and spring training baseball. So I just started following sports around, and yeah. everyone was following the Dolphins because they had the perfect season and everything, and... I mean, I decided to be different and followed uh, where I grew, where I was born. Even though I grew up in South Florida, and uh, became a Rams fan, Dodgers fan, Lakers fan, Kings wow. fan, and then uh, somewhere in the mid seventies, uh, the LA Aztecs came around, and then <laughs> in my neck of the woods, it was the Fort Lauderdale Strikers. Right. And <clears throat> back then, it's kind of strange, but. Uh, the way that you would get your soccer fix if you didn't get what was the precursor to Univision was PBS. Mm. I mean, the local public station would have a highlight show from England, another highlight show from Germany, 
Wait, let's let's get some no. Well, let's get some uh, context here. So, how old are you when you? There's no soccer on television, but you found it on PBS when you were a kid in Miami, Florida, or South Florida. Yeah, well, there was, but not a lot. I mean, occasionally you'd see something on Wide World of Sports. Yeah. Or George um, George Michael Sports Machine. Say that again. George Michael Sports Machine. Um, I don't know if we ever went to the videotape, though. So, uh, in regards to to this, I, I just started following the the games on PBS, the highlight shows, and then it was just basically this week in baseball, where I got my uh, uh, got my fix on baseball news, and then uh, we'd watch the highlights, and me and my friends would just run to the park and try and do what we saw those guys do, and bit by bit, as I've progressed. Um, like I said, I was the first in line to get Street and Smiths or Athlon, or I would memorize stat lines and who's who in American baseball. And you and you played but, and you played growing up. Yeah, well, I played pretty much all sports, just uh, with my friends, and then a little bit at school. When I was in college, I played a, a bit more, played pub soccer. But uh, just the further and deeper I got involved in the game, while I appreciated the more traditional American sports, there was something special about soccer that just just grabbed me and never let go. Well, what is interesting about soccer is the uh, the eliminations. There's a lot of differences uh, from American sports in, yeah, the, in that, the playoff structure and stuff like that, which what, are kind of really, cool to what, me. Like what if, really sucked you into it? Like... Like if you, like, was if you, that you know that that dramatic angle that you know like I mean if a team isn't speed. good enough they're gonna get cut out exactly and, if you're if you're a, not a good team and Phil correct me if I'm wrong we're uh, live from the Bradshaw talking to Phil Shane of BN Sports um, if if you're not good enough you don't like just get to be the Philadelphia Phillies you go down and. and to another league, so there's, I guess, a right, financial like incentive for the owners to stay, like you know, relevant. And, and their best team comes up. We'll let Phil explain it. He's an expert. Yeah, it, well, pretty not much like called promotion an and relegation, and almost everywhere around the world, not in the United States, uh, Australia would be another one. Um, but almost everywhere in the world, the the bottom one, two, or three teams are going to go down, and the top one, two, or three teams of the second division are going to come up, and that goes for the second to the third, sometimes third to the fourth. Then you'll have regional leagues and playoffs and all of that stuff that has kind of grown into. So, in effect, where American sports have playoffs, um, where maybe you find a reason to be interested if you're a 500 team up until week 14 of the NFL season, uh, with this one, you pretty much go down until the final day or two of the season, and you are either battling for a European spot, the championship, or for survival. And that does add something to it. But for me, I didn't really realize that. I just realized, man, these guys can do some pretty neat things. And yeah. uh, back then, uh, I mean, we're talking about in the days of Pelé and as I mentioned, fortunate enough to grow up in South Florida, so Nene Kubias from Peru. Sure, yeah. uh, we had Gerd Muller from Germany. Uh, there were a lot, and there was a certain uh, teenager from England named Ray Hudson who was kind of a fan favorite. Uh, and it's just kind of interesting that I, I was able to become friends with him later in life and then uh, end up working with him for the last 20 years. That's and uh, uh, there was a, a personality. I, I think in some ways from the North American sports, 
it's kind of what we saw yesterday with hockey in yeah. uh, the Washington Capitals and, and Las Vegas. I mean, there's, uh, there's a certain personality in those sports that you don't quite see. I mean, we're past the days of, uh, of like the Dodgers living above the deli um, and saying hello to everyone <laughs> on their way to, uh, as yeah. they walked to Ebbets Field. I mean, right. uh, pretty much all the American sports are mega millionaires and they act like it, uh, where with yeah. soccer when I was growing up, they just wanted to go out and have a fun time. So it, it was fun to be there and watch them do it. But does that open uh, open the conversation up to, like, you know, oh, I mean, these guys get are getting paid. They're not like, oh, well, it's just, you know, we're old romantics. You have to work at the pharmacy after you play the game. You know, I mean, you know, these guys should get paid, right? Well, things have changed. I mean, back then, uh, uh, one of the reasons the NASL was able to get so many of these players is because around the globe, you did not quite have the free agency that uh, you see right now. Similar to what Kurt Flood did in baseball, uh, there was a similar case a few years later, which kind of opened the doors, and now you have the likes of a Messi and a Ronaldo dueling at the top of the heap. Um, So... I think back then you did have guys. I mean, what you did was you opened a pub or maybe you worked for the club or became a coach. Um, and there were some stories that maybe had a, a bit more of a tragic end, but, uh, but they were, they were normal people. And, uh, I think maybe nowadays in the world of sports, uh, when you take a look at the Manchester United's and Real Madrid's, you do still have that, uh, that air of, professionalism about it but there's still a passion for the sport i think that is almost impossible to duplicate maybe a little bit in the nba but it's tighter confines it's a lot more uh physical if you tried to do something uh too creative you're probably gonna get knocked into the yeah. third row so it, it, uh, let me ask you do you follow any of the irish sports like the hurling or the gaelic uh-huh. um <laughs> because those guys don't do get it. paid you don't get the chance to do that much. I mean, I, uh, one of the guys I, we work with, maybe you could talk with him in the future, is from Ireland, mm-hmm. uh, Kevin Egan. Um, and we were talking about uh, GAA, talking about uh, hurling and, and the like. I mean, hurling to me is like soccer with weapons. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> it is amazing. The other one for me, and this is the time growing up, I think it was ESPN, I think Fox had it for a while, Occasionally, you would see hurling or Irish football, Gaelic football. Um, you'd see Australian rules football, which is another amazing sport for me. Mm. Uh, and, and I think in some ways, by starting on the soccer bandwagon, if you will, mm. at such a relatively young age, it opened my eyes to all of these other amazing sports that are out there wow. where, uh, forgive me, but I mean, the passion in American traditional sports most of the time just isn't there. It yeah. seems to be forced no, or faked from the athletes themselves. Sure. Unless your team now, I think is, what we is, saw in the Stanley Cup final yeah. was maybe uh, the fact that there was so much pent up uh, anticipation yeah, broken, and then also a the Cinderella is story. Right but most of the time, I mean, it's millionaires playing millionaires, and, yeah. you know, win, lose, or draw, there's still going to be millionaires tomorrow. Right. Uh, so you like a field sport? <laughs> I think he's saying that the free market should dictate uh, everything. <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> the, when, when, how, were you a broadcaster first or a sports fan first? Or did uh, you... And you'll have to forgive me a little bit because 
been fighting a pretty bad cold for the last couple of no, days. You sound I mean, great. Don't worry. Bella, about it. I guess in keeping with your show, Bella Lugosi <laughs> might be dead, but I'm not feeling that great. Um, when you uh, first now, started playing drums, what kind of a uh, snare drum did you use? <laughs> no, but the other thing is, uh, in answer to your question about broadcasting, uh, when I was growing up, I used to love listening to AM radio, and yeah. uh, as far as listening to sports, especially locally, but I used to have that transistor radio. I don't know if you guys are even old enough to remember yeah. this, where you just had your thumb on that little ridge and you had to move it bit by bit by bit, and I would have that under my pillow at night and like my bedroom when I was just try and pick up signals from, from far, far away. I actually remember, and yeah. again, living in South Florida, I don't know how this happened. But, uh, I, I mean, I pick up Cardinals games all the time, oh, yeah? Cleveland Indians games, wow. uh, Atlanta Braves games a lot. But there was even one time where I got Vin Scully in, in an L.A. Dodgers game. Uh, that was phenomenal. I remember ever... listening to uh, talk shows in Cleveland. Yeah. I remember even calling up once and getting hung up on because I was a little jerk caller, had no idea what I was saying. So, jerk uh, But I, I love sports <laughs> radio. I just never thought it was going to be something that I would end up making a living in. Did you uh, did you do calls into a tape recorder when you were a kid? Uh, when I got a little older, yeah, and uh, actually, me I was from Florida, to the I'm point on the end. where I was blessed to the point in my high school uh, actually had a radio station and a TV studio, uh, so we got a chance to fool around and and learn how to use some of the equipment to the point where when I was looking for a college to go to, I realized you know this might be pretty good not that i wanted to make a career but i liked doing this it'll be something to do to to enjoy myself and I went to college they had the same thing and where in high school i was maybe doing some basketball games here or there uh and in in college I ended up doing pretty much all of the the four sports before i graduated it was still one of those things that maybe until the middle of my senior year i was thinking was just uh entertainment amusement and, you know, pretty soon I was going to be, who knows, doing what for a living. But uh, I was able to get a job uh, at a station in New Jersey four weeks out of college. And one of the things they did was help me uh, do sports there, became the assistant sports director, and ended up uh, actually doing some soccer there. And, <coughs> excuse me. Right, uh, no, you don't have a cough button over there? To start, I guess, this love affair. <laughs> What happened to the cough button? You don't have that at home? <laughs> I think Sergio Ramos is just warming up on my ribs. Uh -huh. Did you, you have a, did you have you, a super embarrassing tape, and can you digitize it and send it to us ASAP? I think he just flopped, and uh, he's looking for the red card. <laughs> I coughed. What do you think about that? All that? Aye, aye, aye. Yeah. Oh, what, what was I going to ask? I had a million things. Wait. Oh, I forgot now. Damn it. Oh, uh, you, you do the play-by-play -play now, right? Correct. So when you start out, is the color like uh, kind of the bottom, and then the play-by-play -play is like the sweet plum. That's what you want to do, right? Like as a broadcaster, you want to paint the word picture for everyone on the radio or, or on the t television and tell them what's going on. Do you, is it, you know, not to take anything away from the amazing color people that that we have, but you want to well, be you want to be doing the play-by-play. The point is normally nowadays, especially when you're doing things towards uh, uh, the top of the level. The color guys are going to be ex-players, ex-coaches, and, and the like. Um, maybe not as much on the Spanish side, where you still end up having some journalists there, but if you have not 
I guess your playing career has not progressed to the point where someone sitting on a couch 2,000 miles away might want to hear what you would have done. Pretty much play-by-play is the only way to get there. Yeah. And the, but it's 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 you bring up a good point. It's good to have ex players and stuff doing the color because they can provide insight that maybe you can't because you know it's not like you've been on the field, right? There's a play by play. If we like, want to, if we kind of want to get technical, the way I've always viewed it, um, well, there's two. One is one of the jobs of the play by play guy is to make the color guy look good, to to set him up, put him into. You situations. have enough to think about. You have to call every play. I mean, that's a lot. Like, yeah, but at the same mo- point, you want to set him up to the point where he can show off what he knows. Uh, and the other is, uh, if you've been to journalism school, that you have the five yeah. W's and the H. Um, and I think the play-by-play guy is the who, what, where, and when. Yeah, I read and that. And the color you. guy is the why and the how. Yeah. And then, so when you're a broadcaster and you're doing the play-by-play, I can't imagine to even think about anything else. Your mind's going a mile a minute. I mean, are you nervous the whole time that you're going to, like, you know, or you're doing on TV or on the radio? Both. Both. Uh, Being sports is actually the largest sports network in the world. Uh, we're in yeah. 38, 40 countries right now. Um, still growing. We're just five years old in the United States and Canada. Uh, and hopefully we'll get a chance to continue to grow in that regard. Is it the but, same uh, broad- with- is, is the radio and TV the same broadcast, or do you have to go back nope, and forth? Uh, uh, so you have to adjust? Being sports, being sports is on television, um, and I also host a morning show on Sirius XM. But you don't do. Play- so, I mean, I have done radio play-by-play in the past. It's just been a while. Yeah, you got to completely adjust. I would imagine adjust your entire style for the. I listen to a lot of baseball on the radio. I always have, and then I watch it on TV too. And it's it really is two different worlds. And as Mets fans, we're cursed with a terrible team, but also blessed with great broadcasters. I used to listen to Bob Murphy on the on the radio, and he was great. And then uh, now we have Keith Hernandez, Gary Cohen, and Ron Darling in like the TV booth. It's like we're way spoiled. These guys are great. And but it's a it's a completely different animal to do radio over TV because when you're watching TV, I don't know if you know this, but we could see what's happening. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you know what, soccer's a little bit different than those other sports. Although I remember something I was taught uh, towards the beginning of my career had to do with someone that that uh, has done a lot of NFL football and Joe Montana when he would be in the stadiums, in the broadcast booth, getting ready to call the game, and then all of a sudden the game kicks off, he would sit down and watch the television monitor and call it from there. He's in the stadium, the game's right in front of him, but he would call it off the monitor because, like you're saying, that's what the people are seeing at home. Mm -hmm. So in some ways, as an announcer, as a storyteller, which is really what I am, I love doing radio because you get the chance to, to paint the picture with your choice of words, the speed of your delivery, the tone. Right. Um, it, there's, there's so many more variables that you can use. Although, in soccer, I think you're, you're forgiven a little bit more uh, on television than you might be in some of the other sports. Uh, there are some fans of the old English style where it's pretty much you just say the name, pause three seconds, say that name, yeah. <laughs> uh, and they don't want to, because as you said, they can see it. But I think even in modern English football, uh, yet try and add a little bit of spice to it. You yeah, don't want to I mean, overdo if, it, and the main thing you don't want to do is you don't want to be fake, because yeah. maybe you'll be over-enthusiastic, 
But if you're fake, they'll spot it and they'll never forgive a you. A mile away, they'll never forgive you. You lose the audience. So it's it's tough. Like when all right. So if you're calling a game like baseball, there's a specific, you know, uh, action that's happening at any moment. And uh, football, I guess, the same thing. Unless it's a commercial. And when you're calling soccer, and if the ball is like staying in the middle, how do you keep the audience? interested in that if they're not like diehard soccer fans and also as an american i i could watch a soccer game I, I i'm not one of those guys who's like soccer's boring and it stinks and it's stupid i i could watch it as a sports fan and get what's going on and i can enjoy it and i could see the nuances of it you know but when it's all in the middle well, there, when it's all in the middle how do you call a game like that you know you know if when, you have like the a, going hey, in the lineup, if you have like you a, don't uh, if you have like a half an hour where the where the ball never gets into like the offensive zone, like what the hell do you do? Hey, it's not always a Simpsons episode. <laughs> Come on, no, I know. Um, Holds. But, but when you're doing when you're doing baseball and the pitcher's going into the windup, you kind of know if you're the color guy. Shut up, let the play by play call it. <laughs> um, and normally in soccer, you'd say once you get around twenty, thirty yards away from goal, where it's more likely that a shot's going to happen. If you're the color guy you tend to try and lay out a little bit yeah. and then maybe pop back in. Well, after, uh, after, although after a while, the guy I work with wa- watching is rather effervescent and doesn't, uh, uh, he's not as easily controlled because his, the passion just bursts out. So I kind of have to skate in and out at times. Are we having a problem at work? After, after so many games you've watched, you could, you can, I guess, see the play unfolding and kind of ramp, uh, crescendo your, you know, excitement, towards that you know what i mean even if, if it's in the middle and it seems like a boring play you're like oh i know what's happening because i watch you know thousands of games and this well this, to a point but know. also you have to remember this is two hours straight um with nfl it is regimented uh to the point where it's putting a jigsaw puzzle together and you know exactly what goes where uh with soccer it's a motion sport kind of like baseball uh, kind of like uh basketball and hockey so you have a little bit more freedom uh but what you have to do is come up with stories and that's why while i could do baseball i don't have all of the stories that all of those announcers do uh, gary yeah, cohen's amazing yeah, yeah he's uh, i love listening just, to him when i was up in new york he's got um a, uh, and re- just to have all those everything. anecdotes to fill in the blanks you can do that in soccer a little bit you can't really do it in basketball yeah. and you really can't do it in hockey where it pretty much needs to go straight from your eye to your tongue without any thought yeah mm-hmm. you could take your eye away from the game for a minute like you, you know you can go uh Grab a coffee or something. Everything's but fun. not hockey. <laughs> you, you think you could uh, broadcast any sport if you had to? Well, I mean, I've done football. I've done baseball, basketball. I love soccer. I, I've even done table tennis. Who's the best um, broadcaster of all time? And I, I, all think I, could, I probably could, uh, but I, I think I've kind of found a niche. Maybe the one sport that I would love to still do to a point, but it's not an urgency Wrestling. is college football. And I think that's because uh, you still have some of the same passion in college football. It's not cold analytical uh, job-like performances uh, where you still have the size of the heart of the dog uh, in the dog might affect the way the fight turns out. But do you, and, do, you, do you guys have room to kind of root? Because, I, you know, the answers we listen to here, they, they don't specifically say it, but they, you know, they're, they, root, they're rooting for the home They team. don't carry on like homers. Yeah, but uh, are you allowed well, to I do mean, that? And, and when, you're, when you're broadcasting international sports, is that a huge no-no as the World Cup 2018? Well, when you're broadcasting to a national audience, it's, you're supposed to be a little bit more neutral. However, 
Uh, I think that one thing I viewed as consistent throughout when I've done a local sport or otherwise is if you are not so much root for someone, but if, if you're calling a local team uh, and you get excited when they do something, and you get a little disappointed when the other team does something. Uh, I think the, the main thing again is just to be honest when your team stinks uh, maybe you don't want to be so blunt about it, so the athletic director fires you. But uh, right. but you you, you got to be honest, and right. I think the same thing happens when you're talking about what we do. I mean, getting the chance to to call 30 Barcelona games with Lionel Messi every year, and and about the same number with Cristiano Ronaldo uh, and company playing for Real Madrid. There's some people that that think I might be a Barcelona fan, yeah. and then it's kind of funny because the very next tweet. Uh, will be someone from the other side saying I'm such a huge Real Madrid homer. Uh, so I think if I'm ticking off everyone, I, I must be doing something okay. Yeah, the, the, the trick is not to read it, I guess, you know, because, like, I mean, everything can, like, get, get into your head. Like, just screw it. Someone, someone's always going to be unhappy. But who, all right, so who do no, we... For, for the most part, people have actually been... Uh, I, I don't want to say complimentary. My wife will smack me in the back of the head. Because um, I, I tend to take the compliments, because, like I said, I've I've been blessed. God put me in a position where I can do what I love for a living, work with some great people, um, and uh, get to sleep in my own bed and watch my kids grow up. It's, it's amazing. Yeah, you work, you work uh, two and, hours and a day. I truly appreciate that. But at the same point, I do pay attention to the negative. Not that I, I dwell on it. It's just that when you're doing 70, 80, 90 games a year or more, Sooner or later, you're going to have a bad game. Maybe you get into a bit of a rut. Maybe you start saying the same word or you miss things uh, uh, that are significant. So I I pay attention to the criticism a little bit more, uh, try and analyze it, see if there's anything valid. If there is, I try and make the improvement. If there's not, uh, just throw it away because, like you said, you can't please everyone. You're working the World Cup 2008. Are you broadcasting this on television? You're the play-by-play guy for the World Freaking Cup? Well, for 2018, right. we're actually yeah. yeah. B in sports does have the rights, right. but it's not in the United uh, States and Canada. So we will be covering it. Um, I've done I the, the World Internet. Cup. I did it in '94, '98, and 2006. Who are we rooting but for in, in the World Cup? In between, then ESPN and Fox have had the had the rights, and I've just had a chance to be a fan. The United States is out. Italy is out. Um, who are we rooting for? Like. You know, you have to call the game and be impartial, but you know it's it's Spain for you, right? I mean, you cover all the games. Well, Spain is fun, but I think they're it's a bit of a house of cards. If Sergio Busquets gets hurt, I think things go down in a heap. If Diego Costa can't score, could be a similar problem. So who are you majoring um, on? I think if Donny Carvajal, who's the right back who's been injured, goes out, and then they try and stick in a makeshift defender out wide. Uh, that could also cause a few problems. They're in a tougher group than I think many give give them credit. Iran and Morocco were the top teams in their confederations, uh, and Portugal is a team that just won the Euros. Uh, so I, I think that Spain is a favorite, but I would put a little asterisk next to them. The two that I have in the final are Brazil and Germany, right, and right I, I think Spain might just fall just shy of that with the likes of maybe France. Right. So if, if what Ar- you're saying here today is if I go 10 to 1 on Brazil. Hold on. Oh. If Argentina wins, my wife is going to get very excited. Yes. Uh, what are my odds here? <laughs> Ryan, well, we, Ryan's we, wife is Argentina. We, we want your wife to get excited. So oh. I would just say oh. put on the best YouTube video of Lionel Messi and enjoy. <laughs> That's it.
I'm writing this down right now. Argentina's an interesting one because this is his last shot. I mean, even if he does make the World Cup team four years from now, they will not be building the World Cup team around Lionel Messi. He will be uh, uh, filling a role here or there. This is his last cup. Um, And it's almost as though the soccer gods are saying, well, Lionel, let's see how much more difficult we can make this. Uh, um, Because even uh, yesterday... One of their bright young stars ended up tearing his, his knee up and is going to miss the World Cup. So that means even more pressure on Lionel Messi. This is a weird thing. Like in, in soccer, unlike, uh, you know, United, uh, sports here in America, there's no draft. And uh, they go to like these weird camps. And then uh, can you then they instead of trading players, um, they kind of buy them. Right. So can you do that? Is there a trade deadline where you can't just like sell Messi to like a different team like right before the playoffs or something. Can you? Do you have money? Yeah. Um, Are you telling well, me if I said I'll give you have your I'll, own academy? I'll give them 400 million bucks. Right. Basically, it's like your own youth teams where you end up bringing kids from around the region um, or if you're a big enough club around the country and sometimes internationally when they're 12, 13, sometimes even younger. Um, and then when they turn 16, 17, 18, you can sign them into a professional deal. And you'll have clubs out there that will do that. Barcelona famously did that a few years back to the point where every single starter on that team uh, came up through their youth system. Um, Now, last year, I think there was even one game where there was no one in there because they're following what's going on in the modern world, which is just going out and trying to buy the best to to stay at the top of the heap. So, you can grow your own, but when your contract expires, uh, it's a free agent war, just like it would be pretty much anywhere here. You don't tend to have trades. It tends to be a deal where uh, even if it, there is one player going somewhere and another player going another, they're two separate deals. It's not like you would send Lionel Messi to Real Madrid for Cristiano Ronaldo. Right. Um, someone would go out like they did with yes. Neymar last year, plop down a quarter billion dollars and say, we want him in Paris. But you, you you can't do that like any time during the season, can you? No, there's there's two windows. They'll what they throw call fruit at you. Um, one is right around Christmas, right after the Christmas holidays, for about three weeks to a month. Then there's another one which opens up right around now um, and will last until right about the start of the season. So you have about two or three months here. Uh, and that's where the clubs will do their heavy and there, shopping. There's, there's no they gear there's up for the start of next season. Excuse me, sorry. There's no uh, salary cap or anything like that. Like if you just have the most money, you could buy whoever you want. Pretty much, but there is something that has kind of popped its head up recently, called financial fair play. And pretty much what this is is a way to limit clubs to spending a proportion of what they actually bring in in business. So you can't quite have a billionaire come in, spend a half a billion dollars, then realize he's going broke and just drop the team, and now all of a sudden the team's on the hook for for half a billion dollars that they don't have. Uh, However, while it sounds like it's fair play, while it sounds kind of like the salary cap stuff we have here in the States, um, really what it is, because you don't have all the other stuff uh, as far as revenue sharing and the like, uh, it basically cements the old boys club and makes it very, very hard to break in. You have your Real Madrid, your Barcelona, Manchester United, Bayern Munich, 
Um, and then now you have a few teams like a Manchester City or a PSG that are trying to horn their way in. But it's a lot harder. You, because when you think about it, if, if you're just taking over an average club, how do you become great? You get great players. And great mm-hmm. players don't come cheap. Right. Yeah. You got to drop it for that. <laughs> I ran out, I for ran, real. I, I, I'm speechless. <laughs> so, uh, where are you calling in from? Um, South Florida. Can you do the broadcast from your home? Like, do you not even have to leave your house? Well, from the radio broadcast that we do, um, Sirius XM, every morning we have the football show, 7 to 9, and pretty much they have shows all through the day. Right. Uh, there's a little equipment you guys might be familiar with called a codec. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, we have it's a kind of, of a remnant to when I was doing high school and college sports where they had codecs and three-line codecs and the like, yeah. uh, where you'd lug around this piece of equipment and plug it into a telephone line or three, um, and it would change the signal, transmit it, and there'd be a receiver on the other end, decode it, and it was cheaper than using radio waves or satellite and things like that. Mm. Now with the codec and with high-speed Internet, uh, it is amazing. I could pretty much take this anywhere, and I think the people that use this a lot are probably more news correspondents that go around the globe. So from that perspective, it's amazing. Um, the other thing in regards to calling the games on television, uh, around the globe, just because of, of tr- the travel that is involved, more and more of the countries you'll see uh, the, the games being broadcast from a set site, especially considering the fact of calling a Real Madrid or a Barcelona game or a Manchester United game or a World Cup game. There are so many announcing crews that want to get in. It's impossible. So you have to develop this technology and then the skill level to be able to watch a game on a monitor, basically just a a decent-sized TV, Mm -hmm. and uh, make it sound like you're there. Yeah, right. <laughs> well, now with technology, I think you know you'll you'll see more of that. Maybe this broadcast. Well, ESPN is doing that. I, I think for some of their games, and it's spreading even more now to I think college football, if I remember, uh, where several of the games out there, even on some of the big networks, uh, are being called from studios. And again, it doesn't sound like much. You have an announcer and a, and a color guy. But then you also have uh, all the audio guys who are bringing stuff in. You have to get the truck with all the cables. You have to have the people running the cables, running the microphones, yeah, the television listen, guy up there. It all it all adds up. Yeah, then you were going to deal with the and have you ever seen the broadcaster's bar bill? Yeah, I don't know if you know who runs a familiar who, with, uh, who runs the team says, but I assure you, it's not the Boy Scouts. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, you're going to go to the charity. Yeah, stage hands and everything. Everybody's going to get paid $160 an hour, which I agree with. Phil, thank you so much for calling in. Is there anything you'd like to plug? I, I just got to, uh, I'm sorry, but I got to run because I got to do one more thing before I leave this radio show. And I really appreciate you calling in. Where can we hear you no, I, call, calling the I game? I just want to apologize, first of all, for, for being sick on you guys. But it was a, it's, no, it's always a pleasure to get a chance to talk oh, about thanks, the beautiful man. game. And hopefully we get a chance to do it again. But I just say. If anyone wants to kind of follow up on any of these things, uh, just uh, follow me on Twitter. Feel free to ask away. It's P-H-I-L-S-C-H-O-E-N. And uh, pretty much anything is fair game. Nice. Very good. And uh, Steely Dan, crap or not crap? I'm more of a doors guy myself. (laughs) Ah. Everyone hesitates for a second. It's the best. 
Because when you think about it, I mean, there actually, uh, there actually are a couple of Steely Dan, Dan songs where you almost guiltily feel yourself tapping the floorboard, right. thinking, okay, this one's not that bad, and then you realize who it is. So, you know, that's the perfect... It's kind of like the Eagles for me also. I mean, I love Hotel California, right. but a lot of the other stuff's just crap. Everyone loves Joe Walsh, but it's like, uh, the Eagles as a, <laughs> as a whole... As, now, get me some Bauhaus and Love and Rockets. Yeah, I'll be happy. Yeah, yeah. That's a callback, baby. Uh, thanks, Phil, man. And, uh, uh, good luck to you and your family. And I hope, uh, thank you so much for calling in. And uh, good luck with the, uh, the uh, World Cup. Yeah, it's exciting. And Phil will be broadcasting from the bathroom, I and believe. And feel better. <laughs> no, and we'll be having on BN Sports uh, coverage every day at the half between all of the games, uh, nighttime recap as well. Nice. And then we'll also be having a whole bunch of shows between the games on Sirius XM. So. Um, if you haven't heard enough of me over this last half hour or so, by the end of July, you'll probably be reaching for the plug. Do you, right, take, give it, do you have a signature call? And give it to us right now. Yeah. Every goal is special. I, I'm in the back, 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 back. Uh, yeah, kiss it goodbye for home run calls, things like that, or uh, the Spanish side. I mean, everyone just seems screams goal right. or goal, 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 goal. What else but you get a scream? To me, it's a goal. To me, every single goal is beautiful in its own right, and I just let the let the rhythm take oh, me. I see. So right. you don't you don't subscribe. I like that. You just you just go with it. You don't have a specific. Got him on the high hard one. Well, no, I mean, it ends up being a crutch, and then next thing you know, it's a Yankees right. broadcast. You know, that's a great right, way right. to think about it. Right. Well, Phil, we really appreciate it, man. Thanks a lot for uh, giving us a couple minutes of your time. It's very nice of you. Anytime. All right, man. I'll talk to you soon, I hope. Good luck. Well, go. Great night. He just threw his phone out the window. That was fun. <laughs> yeah. That poor guy. That was the one interview I thought yeah, I was the most sorry. most prepared on, and, I, and then I just like lo, like lost the plot somewhere in there. Whatever. <laughs> what a pro that guy is! <laughs> he is a man. He's a very wordy he guy. It real. That Which was is, exciting. You know, if you're a broadcaster, you want to talk a lot. Like, yeah. Well, that's yeah, he's a good guy. He's good. Natural I like talker. That about, Thanks, Phil. Exactly what you said, Pat. That's yes. exactly why I thought Excellent. of it. At least we had a guest who listened to the Bauhaus <laughs> interview before. <laughs> Usually they call in. They're like, "What's this?" Right. Right. Are those your drums? That was fun. That was he was a great guy. Yeah, he was a great guy. A that professional was a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. Was I could talk sports at any sport all day. All Let's day. do the game. Ah, yeah. Yeah, Mario's going to be the calling in in ten minutes. Fun sport of them all. Is that Mario trying to call that in was, during yeah. my freaking interview three times? I had to hang up on. He didn't understand. Ryan had oh to take my him God. outside. I explained it to him. He's... This is like the fifth time that's happened. Ryan had to take him outside. Oh, he's here. No, like he had no, a phone. He's not coming. But he's not coming. If I'm off. If I'm off the show, and I want to call the show, right? I listen to the show for like 10 minutes before I call to see yeah, what's exactly. going on. I've only done it like twice. Uh, he, but. he doesn't have the technology. <laughs> or the tact. But also, you know, I posted on Twitter, on Instagram, and everything that, 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 that Phil's calling in at 1030, obviously. We have a get, like, yeah, it's just frustrating because he never, yeah, whatever. Anyway, what's, whatever in the, what's you, in the news? Yeah, but right? that information has nothing to do with him personally. Exactly. So. Yeah, exactly. If it's, if it's, if that's great. If it's not a benefit <laughs> to him, he really, it goes by the wayside. It's not a, you know, it's not something that's a, right. a, but he's gonna a call. priority in We're going to take the call. We're going to yell at him. and then Enjoy <laughs> that free pass, ass wife. <laughs> um, I hope you didn't play this already, because I sent this to you a few weeks ago. Play this already. So uh, this is uh, very simple. It's a, It's simple. music. Quote trivia. Okay. I'm going to read the line of a song. 
And you're going to tell me what song we it is? We did not play it because Tommy and Mario were so insistent right, on doing I their own game. Right, that's what happened. Yeah, that's yeah. what happened. Save the best see, for I, last. See, I'm gone for two I'm seconds. I'm doing my game. Oh, by the way, Mario's totally out with any game forever and ever and ever. Like, two <laughs> games just, in a row, he just blew it. And he's like, what do you mean? I'm like, you're out. He's out. He's out. I would play in the game, right? Never would, again. I listen, apologize to the audience. I will never do that to you again. Well, I'm going to say this right now. If it, should anything ever happen to me, and I can't do this anymore. There's an emergency game. I'm... Pat is inheriting <laughs> the rights to the right. Yeah. Fucking that, that is. A, that is. Can he do it from the Uber? I can be incredibly smarmy. Right. It's just an Uber <laughs> he app. He can blow the whole thing get, up get, if he wants. Guess, sorry. Guess my cab fare. He can, ha- he can relegate positions. I thought you were going to say there was like like an emergency game in a glass case back here. That we could break I always week. have an emergency <laughs> game. $60 a week the show costs me. Break glass off. Oof. Right. Number one. Let's do it. Number one. Let's get some grind game drops in the background. And begin. A fine little girl. She waits for me. Me catch the ship across the sea. Hmm. A fine little girl. She waits for me. Me catch the ship across the sea. What What song are those lyrics to? Hmm. I had it until you read it all creepy. <laughs> I want to think it's uh, Tony Orlando. I think I, I only know one Tony Orlando song. Is it that song where like the guy's like, "You're 15 and no one understands." We're like, "No, we understand perfectly." You fucking pervert. Just Is it Brandy? Chuck nah, Berry. And Chad Pops oh, didn't you. get it either. What do we got, Ryan? It was a hard one. That was "Louie Louie" by the Kingsmen. Oh. oh, nobody knows the words to that. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Flip it, flip it, fine little girl. Flip, flop, flip it, flip. Me catch the ship across the sea. Flip, 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 flop. All right, number two. People look at. I'm sorry. I'm gonna start again. People, number two, Derek. Number Jeter. two. Number two. <laughs> that was pretty funny. <laughs> a baseball reference for all you Yankee fans. <laughs> number two. <laughs> <laughs> People look to me and say, "The end is near." Ozzy Osbourne. Um, when su- is uh, the final day? Um, um, go, John. Go. I don't. I don't know. By That's Ozzy right. Osbourne. That's right. Uh, <laughs> That's not the question. Who's on second? I know the answer. It's not. I don't know. I know. Derek Jeter, number don't two. Now batting. I don't know. <laughs> number two, John. Derek Jeter. John. Number two. People look to changes. You gotta believe in someone. That song is like seven bridges. Did it find the truth? Uh, number three. <laughs> Ain't nothing like it. Her shiny machine. Ain't nothing like it. It's Van Halen. Her um, shiny machine. Panama. Uh, 
Uh, That's right. right. F you. I snuck that one in there. Can't believe I beat Pat. Number four. Can't stay at home. Can't stay at school. Oh, um, Alice Cooper, 18. Old folks say. Uh, it's smoking in the boys' room. You poor little fool. Don't look to me for answers. I don't know. Say that again, Ryan. <laughs> One more time. <laughs> can't stay at home. Can't stay at school. Oh, it's uh, it's the <laughs> Runaways. Uh, cherry bomb. Tom, Tommy, yeah. Tommy, Tommy, Tommy. <laughs> <laughs> This guy, Williamsburg. Hello, Mo. Hello, Dad. I like Hey, boom. Hello. Hello, Daddy. Tommy Rocks is looking at me like I've lost the plot, which I have. Number five. Hello. Hello, Mom. Well, Jerry, boom. Well, the names have all changed since you hung around. Oh. Uh, but Finn, Lizzie, the boys are back in town. But nope. But those what? dreams have remained, and they've turned around. What? Uh, that would be uh, the "Welcome Back, Cotter theme song by John oh, Sebastian. That's absolutely <laughs> right, Pat. <laughs> <laughs> that's so close to the Thin Lizzy there. Guess who's back in school today? Mr. Cotter's <laughs> got away. And if yeah. the boys want to fight, you better let them. Yeah, it looks like <laughs> my oh, mother was a saint. <laughs> Oh, we just fell about the place. Letter for Epstein's mother. <laughs> and Epstein wants to fight, you better let him. <laughs> Freddy Boom Boom Washington. <laughs> <laughs> that jukebox in the corner playing on my favorite song. Flop. Flippy flop. Flippy flop. Let's get low and we'll be low. Ooh, bubble flippy flop. Until Washington comes. <laughs> that chick don't want to know. And then get her. Shot a better. Want to teach you better let him. Flippy floppy, flippy flop. I just want to teach. <laughs> I just want to do Groucho. Why don't you guys let me teach? What is the deal? <laughs> he became a professional poker player. Hey, professional. Mr. Yeah, he did. Yeah. G- Gabe Kaplan. Mm. He was good. Uh, he, was, he was the best. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He was the best around. <laughs> Guess who's playing poker now? <laughs> flippy flop and doopy dump. Mm. <laughs> My dog bit Paul me on Shaq the leg better today. put his arm down. My dog bit me on the leg today. <laughs> Told you we're living downtown. <laughs> My dog bit me in the leg today. Another line? Put a dog bit me on the leg today. Why would you kick him with that dog? He ran away. Oh, man, we're fed about to play. That chick don't want to know. that dog don't want to know, forget him. What's the next line? Man, that cat was a labadoo. Labadoodle labadoodle doodle doo. 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 Live from the barrage. Don't forget to tune into music on music off. Tune in and tune out, baby. Tuna Can Jones comes on at two. That's my favorite Frank album. Tuna Can Jones live at the Acropolis. Tuna Can Jones throws music at you. At a quarter to two. 
It's another Jesus Lizard song. Radio Nope, it's the Tuna Can Show. Everybody stick around the one person. Give that to me. Patreon.com. I got you under my floorboards. (laughs) I got you under my house. I really think I do. Old Blue Eyes has gone blank. (laughs) Thank you, Howard. Go ahead, Tom. <laughs> it's a Tommy game. My dog bit me on the leg today. Oh, oh, uh, the, the, poli- police? the police. Um, uh, on any other day. Yeah. Give me the next no, line. Any, any other day. That's it. That's the only line you yeah, got. Yeah, he's right. My dog bit me on the leg today. Yeah. Yeah, it's fucking. No, John's right. No, no he's not. I know it. I know no. it. I know oh. it. It's really? Because um, my fine young song is turn my out gay. Dog bit me on the leg today. Oh. <laughs> to kicks or some shit. Kicks. Oh. Kicks. No, it's the police. I, Three, I think two, Ryan's one. coming up by right. goes, you know what would be it's, good? A kicks question. It's no more than Mr. Nice Guy. Ah, that's it. My Rose dog Cooper. bit me on the leg today. John, and if the boys are going to fight you, blah. <laughs> give us a fag. <laughs> Come in. Thank you. Yo, yo no soy marinara. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, yo no soy. I don't have any marinara. <laughs> I don't like No, Gusta is like, uh, yo man. Yo, I no am not Marinara. Um, Rico Suave? That almost went all over the console, my friend. Suave. I got nothing. Yo, no soy Marinaro. Oh, wait. Oh, La Bamba by Richie Valen. Yeah, that's right. That's, that's correct. Right. <laughs> Give yourself a bell, John. Now that's Italian. No, <laughs> you know, so you better let them. Is that what he said? Yeah. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not the mariner. I'm, I'm the captain. I can't find it. When I'm not oh, busy making. Damn it! Complete jackass. What is that? <laughs> Conan. You're no soy marinero. You're no soy capitan. Soy capitan. Sending this one out to my Hispanic friends. <laughs> throw, ba, 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 cause. <laughs> throw down your umbilical co- noose. Um, that's Nirvana. Nirvana. Um, um, heart shaped bomb. Right. Terrible. I was running away with it. You talk about things that nobody cares. Oh shit! Um, I know this. Um, <laughs> I'm down. No, I got it. Oh, it's, it's Air, uh, Aerosmith. It's Aerosmith. Uh, uh, <laughs> sweet emotions. Damn it. Are you wearing those things that nobody wears? Uh, because that would have put me over You're the You're wearing your wings? Flippity flopping. I got four more before Mario goes on. Your everlasting summer, you can see it fading oh. fast. Um, Boys are back in town by Thin Lizzy. Nope. Huh. <laughs> You're having last this summer, summer. You, you can, can see a fairy face. Look out for those boys. You know what I'm going to face. Oh, man. <laughs> um, if that chick don't want to know, forget her. <laughs> Damn it. This is Mario. I can see his number. What? I want to give the answer to the question. Go ahead. 17. Wrong. My winger? Am I a winner? Yeah, you're a winner. You're breaking up. <laughs> so long. <laughs> oh, come on. The answer is really in the years. By Steely Dan. Of course. 
What idiots. I know. Damn it. Ain't no particular sign I... The weekend that keep the college didn't turn out like you planned. More compatible with. Compatible. Ain't no particular sign I'm compatible... I'm more compatible with. Uh, Kiss by Prince. Right. Wow. wow. You're the best. Just want your All extra right. time. Because you Nothing's stole it. Nothing's going to ever keep me down. And no particular more. sign I'm more compatible with. You just want your extra time. Hey, yo. Case. Case. Let's start a war. Let's start a nuclear war. Um, the uh, gay bar, bar by Electric by Six. Right. Damn it. One more. Last one. I don't need no extra indication. Uh, um, Pink Floyd, the wall. No, that is um, uh, uh, fucking the rutabaga with shiny destination. Yeah. That's oh, right. That's correct. That's exactly right. And then for getting that one right, you win. Oh, thanks. Yeah. Cool. I thought Pat was on my tail. Man. No, no, no. I was, I you ran away with it. You, you did great. Listen to this song like a thousand times. I'm gonna go to where my stuff is. Sounds pretty good. I show my friends this song. Ryan, I can't believe we still have time left. That was an excellent, efficient time, uh, use of time there. Everybody, thank you. Thank you, Pat. Thank you, Pat. Thank you, Ryan. Thank you, Tommy Rockstar. Fuck you, Pete. Thank you, Mario, and uh, we'll see you next week. Who's on next week? We've got absolutely no guests next week. Yeah. Crazy. We'll take the week off. Old school show. Thank you, everybody.
Yeah. 